welcome to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. My name is Emily Soderbeck. Travis Vogt. Matt Lynch. Hi. Hello. I'm Second scared. to last episode of the year. Woo. Oh, yeah. And we're going out in style. Uh, going out in style. I'm staring at the, the this little multiple router thing that, that I use for our setup that is perched <laughs> precariously a on a piece of wire. This is me. And this is the only this way that we can that, hear ourselves. That is me at the end of this year. <laughs> just like... If that thing, I mean, you'll be able to hear us. This is just a, a how we, we hear, ourselves hear ourselves in the headphones. But yeah. like, if I if I touch it, if I move it, if we breathe on it wrong, if I like, if, if one, one of us bumps out. the table, it's perched on my microphone cord. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah, so it's I, like the trigger for the bomb over thankfully there. Thankfully, I've pulled a lot, all the slack out so I can Ew, move my mic. Uh, yeah. But this is but this is suspenseful. <laughs> all the slack. The suspense like about this is definitely killing us. I think yeah. Hitchcock described suspense as literally this. this like a multiple... Chekhov's mic router. Exactly. <laughs> a bomb under the table that is... Uh, that is... Well, good horror. evening. Good evening. Good evening. I'm going to eat <laughs> two meals in a row now. I hope you don't have any big-breasted blonde women for me to harass. <laughs> I hope you don't. It will be worse for me if you do. It's a problem. Good evening. I'm a problem. Wow, I didn't know how much I needed your guys' Hitchcock impression until just now. Chunk. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hello. For Merry some reason, Christmas. I'm going to be in front of the camera a lot. <laughs> a lot. I don't know why, but that's my deal. The mask. Of suspense. <laughs> I look and Go sound on. weird. I also signed the Paris Peace Accords. Oh no! Yeah, Kissinger and Hitchcock, same guy. Kisscock. Kish. Kisscock. Kisscock. Hitchinger. Hitchinger. <laughs> That's a movie right there. Man, somehow we've got. We're just. We're just know. full of beans today. Pisscock and Hitchinger. <laughs> it's this. It's the suspense of having this thing sit in on the cord. We're at a razor's edge here. We're on a razor's edge. Yeah. This is me on the razor's edge. Here we are. This when is I panic, a- I make this face. <laughs> uh, I guess we should probably uh, we'll jump, just, we just jump, need to jump right in, in because yeah. Emily's got a hard out today, so we need to get her rolling. Mm-hmm. I got a lot to do, I'm baby. This, I'm drinking this Gatorade thing, this cucumber flavored Gatorade, it which looks, is delicious. It looks delicious. really refreshing. It's delicious and refreshing. Yeah. Mm. Is it the Gatorade like electrolyte one? Yeah, uh-huh. it's the it's the hangover kind. Yeah, does it work? Yeah, it works good enough. Yeah. I, I have you been using that um, liquid IV stuff that I told you about. Oh, yeah. And I tell you what, it kind of works. What's that? It's just like this powder. It's the same deal that you like put in your water if you're uh-huh. if you're drinking, and yeah. uh, and it's not like a it's not like a magic bullet by any means, but like no. it works. It I've been using uh, iced coffee and like really greasy breakfast sandwiches. Oh, and the classic uh, Tylenol. The classic stuff. Yeah, I usually go I might, vodka I Red Bull. Need to, ugh, I need <laughs> to. I need to. I just keep it going. Thanks yeah. to you I guys. I ride. I like to keep it going. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Speaking of delicious drinks, uh, so we've got we've got three Kurt Russell titles for you today. <laughs> yeah, we call this WrestleMania. Oh yeah, yeah we, we have are. to. Yeah, WrestleMania today. So we've got what I don't know what the years are. I do. Okay, go. We got Tequila Sunrise, nineteen eighty-eight. Uh huh. Followed by Backdraft in nineteen ninety-one. Oh, Backdraft. Mm. And then we're gonna take a trip three thousand miles to Graceland Ugh. from two thousand one. Oh God, why did we pick that one? <laughs> I literally was I like, "Is there another one?" And we went through. We were like, "No." And the show, no the show's done. All the other. This good might ones. be the last Kurt Russell we have. Because you guys did Executive Decision, right? We did. We've done all. We've done a lot of Kurt I Russell. I went through again too to try to see if I could convince you guys to not do this movie because I was like, I just watch it, and it's, it's just kind of, it's a slog to get through, and it's not. It's it wants to be cool, and it's not. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll we're get getting there. there last. We're gonna start with a movie that. That also wants to be cool, but is not. Yeah. Um, Depending on who you talk to. I mean. Yeah, it's not. I think I liked it more than you guys did. And it has a really stun- stunning reputation. Like people, people seem to really appreciate this one. But someone has this as their staff pick right now. 
I think the, it's Jensen. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, well, okay. The movie's tequila, tequila Sunrise. And I trust him. The federal government swears you're doing business in here. I'm not, not here or anywhere else, and you couldn't catch me if I was trying to sand dabs. What do you think? What do you think's going on here? Well, maybe there's something me. you don't want me to know about. And how are we treating you this evening, Mr. McCusey? What is it, Nick? You need some chapstick or something? Because your lips keep getting stuck on your teeth. Or is that your idea of a smile? Let's not discuss my business or his business or your business, okay? But that leaves us with nothing to talk about. Well, your friend's not going to get away with what he's gotten away with for 15 years. My phones have funny little noises on them. You're setting me up, Nick. So if I asked you out, maybe you'd accept. Dating is not a criminal activity, Mr. McCusick. I think your profession has clouded your judgment here. I probably have to bust my friend if I'm going to do my job. And I hate that. You're a bad boy, Nick. You're a very bad boy. I didn't mean to hurt you. Just looking at you hurts more. Directed by Robert Town. Directed, directed by Robert directed Town. By motherfucking Robert Town. What do you guys know about people. Robert Town? Chinatown. He's been one of the gods of the 70s. Wrote Chinatown. Dur- oh, he's a writer? Yeah. Yeah, he officially, like, uh, like as where he's credited, it's Chinatown is the big one, but also the last detail yeah. before that. But then he's also, like... He's been a heavy script doctor. Uncredited as a script doctor on everything. I didn't look into everything. what he wrote, but I did see that uh, he only directed a, f- a few. Yeah, four, But he directed... Uh, I'm a big fan of... The, the author John Fonte, and he directed the Ask the Dust. Uh, oh, with Colin Farrell. Yeah. Are you a big fan of the Two Jakes, the Misbegotten Chinatown sequel? No. Interesting film. Forget it, the I Two Jakes. It. It's Two Chinatown. Forget it, the Two Jakes. <laughs> two Jakes, Two Chinatown. <laughs> it's that's uh, what they should have called it. He did two movies about running. That's right. Two movies about running. He's probably into running. Probably I have he's to running. assume. He's oh yeah, he running. did that one with uh, what's her name in it. He did uh, personal best. Yeah, yeah, personal Mar- best. Mariel Hemingway, Mariel and then Hemingway. and then one of those Prefontaine movies. Yeah. They're both good. Uh, so if you ever want to watch a Prefontaine movie, I'm you're flip in a coin. Luck. You're in luck. They're both pretty good, and you they came th- out you the could same. Throw year. a rock and hit a find a Prefontaine movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, uh, but this but is, this movie is boring as fuck. This is this is Robert Not Town balls here. deep in the eighties mm. in in the visual language of it and 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 the kind of shallowness of uh, <laughs> of the kind of stories that they were trying yeah, to tell. Yeah, it is very eighties. You hadn't seen this before, right? I hadn't. This is a first well, time. I let me ask you. Oh, neither. Okay, let me yeah. ask you both the question. How long did it take you to figure out that Raul Julia was Carlos? Oh, I I you hear him on the phone. Yeah, I mean. I didn't. I think I knew. I knew it, and I didn't even know it was supposed to be a, like a twist. No, a, I don't a think secret it's a twist. until later. And then I was like, "Well, yeah, he's Bolt." I don't know. I I think I also kind of just uh, checked out of the details at uh, the end of this and was just kind of writing it out because I knew like what was going to happen, right. basically. It's it's like the only element of mystery and suspense in the entire movie. He's great in that though. He carries. Yeah, he, he's cause, great. Cause oh, the, by the only end of one the in movie, this movie who's like putting in the the work and yeah. making. By you... the end of this movie, it really kind of drags. Like yeah. I I was kind of digging it, and I was like, oh, you guys, this isn't that bad. Uh, I it, you know everyone's a hottie, and oh yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. But and then towards the end, I was like, "All right, can we wrap this up?" And then Raul, Raul Julia gets on the scene. And I'm like, "Okay, he's gonna help me get through the last like 20 minutes yeah. of this movie because he is, you know, he's, he's singing on the boat, he's having a good time, having all, getting all drunk, singing he's on like the boat, making up for everybody else's being so boring. Like he, like he, came, like he was watching them shoot Playing the whole movie. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> now it's time for me to like liven up the proceedings a little bit because Raul Julia is doesn't 
doesn't like half-ass things. He's no. always and there, good. There is one great scene between him and Mel Gibson where they're drunk, yeah. and, <laughs> and he's he's singing opera and Mel Gibson and watching a bullfight, and he's like, "This bullfighter is amazing. He's the best matador since Azuma or whatever." Oh, I yeah, say. I think they're and also doing Mel Gibson coke is just too. like, "He's a pussy. His matador matadors are pussies. are pussies. That's just what the whole sport is about. It's about being a pussy." And I'm like, "This is amazing." Like, so he I, puts on his pink tights, <laughs> yeah. waves very, his scarf in the air. Very Mel Gibson. It's very funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Mel Gibson riffed that part. Improved that. And Raul Julia doesn't even really get mad. He's Lily, just like, no. <laughs> don't touch the microphone cord, baby. Well, Raul Julia. Lily, we're on the edge right now. In uh, When we did uh, Heat 2, the book, at one point, Mike, Michael Mann describes Tom Sizemore's character as being an amiable sociopath. And that <laughs> yeah, is that is Raul I'd Julia. So. And it's, IRL. It's a, it's a t- <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I think so, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, that's I, I I really enjoy an amiable sociopath in movies and Raul oh, yeah. Julia is having like a great he's he's just like you know this guy will kill you this guy would kill your mother to to make like five dollars or whatever but also he'll be like I'm so sorry I had to do that <laughs> uh, he'll do it with a smile and he'll he'll laugh he's 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 having a ball yeah but we're getting ahead of ourselves what's this movie about uh, this movie is about friendship drugs, friendship and loyalty friendship and loyalty babes. and babes. cinematography so Mel Gibson is Dale McCusick. Another in a in Mac. a in a long line of Mac. movie characters named Mick something that everyone calls Mac. <laughs> yeah. Love it, love to see it. Um, uh, it's it's the weirdest movie trope of all time. Uh, so he's Dale Mac McCusick, and he's a former drug dealer. He's like mm-hmm. trying to get out of being a drug dealer. He doesn't want to be a drug dealer anymore. That's part. I think that's one of the problems with the movie is that he's so like joyless about his work. He's an he's just inventor. Like, I just want to get out. But it, like that's not, but that's not fun. Yeah, <laughs> and he is. Uh, going on a, he's going on a like a drug deal basically with his with his stupid lawyer, yeah. uh, Ari Gross. Ari Gross. Uh, and uh, once he gets into the hotel room where they're going to do this drug dealer, d- d- drug dealer, drug deal, the guy who to whom they are dealing shows up, and it's Kurt Russell. Yeah, and he is actually a cop. But we don't know that yet. Mel Gibson knows that because they're also old friends. They went to high school together, and and as the movie supposes, once you're in high school with someone, you're just friends for life. Forever. I like that trope. I should. This movie should be more fun. Yeah. Like, also, fun. It, does it? Who has? Is it Mel Gibson that has a framed photo of them in like their football uniforms, like in their yeah. his house or something? Which <laughs> they were I think buddies. Really cute. They and were... one of them became a drug dealer, and the other became a cop. Yeah. I that also, I also really just to get uh, tangentially off the track for a second. I really like that Mel Gibson has a really nice house, and an Airstream trailer out back that he uses a fuck and up. a hot tub. <laughs> this yeah, this movie was shot in Manhattan Beach. I, I worked at a place called Manhattan Beach Trading when I was living in L.A., so yeah. I spent a lot of time in Manhattan Beach in this whole area. And I think this might have been one of the houses that me and uh-huh. my buddies used to look at and go like, oh, man, if we ever if we ever have $17 million. Because yeah. it is right on the fucking beach. Yeah, yeah. And I just like that he's got the trailer there, too, that he, that he that's where he takes his girls. It's Martin Riggs' Airstream trailer. I'm certain of it. He's Mar- like, like we he's said Martin before Riggs, we started. No fun. Yes, he's like, what if Martin Riggs wasn't fun or yeah. funny or cool really he's pretty boring he's just boring yeah like, but he's also like fucked up it turns out it turns out that the suicidal audacity of martin riggs is the key to the whole character <laughs> and he's, he's funny it makes him funny like at no point in this movie does mel gibson go woo 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 and do three stooges jokes no he's not funny <laughs> at all it's, it's no this movie's not funny at all <laughs> It's not interested in that shit. There's that one scene where they talk about bullfighting. That's it. Yeah. Mel Julia is funny. So Uh, Mel, he's a retired drug dealer. Yeah. And uh, the first thing that happens is we see him helping out 
his shady lawyer to sell a bunch of coke that yeah. he was paid off with. It's weird. And he's just sit. He's like, I'm not gonna deal it. I'm just gonna kind of hold his hand through. Mm-hmm. It. I'm gonna sit with him at this hotel. And who comes in but the guy who's gonna buy the cocaine as well as Kurt Russell? Mm-hmm. And they don't know they're about to bump into each other. Or maybe they they do. Don't no, they? No, they he's, don't. He's, they they but don't. they're not surprised that they, that yeah. they do. They, because it's they cause fake it's, that they don't know each other. Yeah, yeah. And then they're out in the hall talking. Because this is a, it turns out that there, there's like they're sort of, sort of horning in on a DEA sting, yeah. Because uh, JT Walsh is the DEA guy that wants to bust Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. The whole dynamic is JT wants J, JT wants to wants to bust Mel Gibson, kind of regardless. Like it's he's like Kurt Russell's friends with him, and so he's like he's out of the game, and I trust him. He's my friend. Yeah. And, and JT Walsh is like I don't give a fuck. He's out of the game. He did all these drug deals before. I want to take him down. We'll set, so that we'll, we can take down the bigger guys. Oh yeah. One way or another, I want I want to take his ass down and Kurt, to get Carlos. Kurt to he his credit care. is like. I don't, you know, if he doesn't have to get in trouble, I know he's not trying to be a drug dealer anymore, so let's, like, try to get him out, leave him out of this. I'm not going to bust him if I don't have to. This is the line that he says, and there's lots of good lines in this movie. It's well-written. That's not one of its problems. But he goes, uh, I don't grow weeds in my backyard so I can pull them. Mm, I wrote that to one JT down, Washington, too. Where you're like, yeah. <laughs> and there's, like, you... One of the I think one of the reasons this movie's kind of boring is that it doesn't have like well there aren't there stupid isn't a lot lines and a lot of stakes either yeah there's no the, the stakes are really low I did Nobody's love when very he funny. when he like pushes the table up and like spills the hot coffee <sighs> over that's everyone. crazy that was tight as fuck it's kind of hard to imagine that they patch things up at all after that because wouldn't they have really bad burns on their face I would have thought that he would be <laughs> at very least pretty burned but he, like so like J T Walsh has horned in he's a- FBI right. He's DEA. DEA, and he's horned in on uh, Kurt Russell's territory. And and at one point, some he's guy, like in his office. They're in there, like in, in Kurt Russell's office. office. And Kurt Russell's like, "I have, I've got this. Don't fuck. Why are you guys doing this? Making and, problems when no problems need to be made." Yeah, and someone's got a whole tray of coffee cups, and Kurt Russell just like upturns the whole thing on JT Walsh into their faces. Like, just gets and like them busts off. the table too. And like five minutes later, they're like, "I'm sorry, I was out of line." And they're like, "You, well, they're all, they're both yeah. apologizing to each other." It's like, I don't know, man. I was pretty extreme. <laughs> those coffee. I mean, truly, those coffees could have. They weren't McDonald's coffee, so they weren't too hot. So they weren't going right. to burn all. They the weren't. I wasn't going to sue McDonald's for them. Yeah. Remember how we uh, made fun of that? Mac McDonald's. Yeah, Mac McDonald's. <laughs> Absolutely. Mac. Mac. But that's about as that's about as exciting as things get in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> is Kurt Russell <laughs> dousing the great J.T. Walsh in coffee? And Kurt Russell, or sorry, Mel, G- Mel Gibson, he he is sort of escapes from this situation. Kurt Russell helps him get away, but he has to actually like run away from the cops. Yeah, and he's just sort of lightly, lightly kind of running away. From, this is this is again this is yeah. the the height of excitement for this movie is Mel kind of like trotting. And like not seeming all that stressed about it. Yeah. And but he's also trying to date this lady, Michelle Pfeiffer. And who wouldn't? Who, who runs a who runs beautiful a restaurant, restaurant. An Italian restaurant somewhere. It's always busy. There's always the most important people there. It's a great restaurant and she's very great at it, very serious about her job. But takes he, good care of her yeah. staff, takes which becomes part of the story. Mac, Max, her. there almost every day. So the DEA, they think that maybe she's in on it, or right. at least she knows something. Well, he so they send <laughs> Kurt Russell to kind of monitor the situation. So they're all kind of hanging out at this restaurant a lot. Well, he, he, they get him on tape talking to the restaurant because they think that, that like she, that he's going to say something or she's going to say something. Well, they think that she's talking in code to him because he's he calls in and oh, says, yeah. I'm not going to make my reservation. And she's like, well, what if I cook you this? Rigatoni, quattro formaggi. Quattro formaggi. And they're like, well, what does that mean? That's probably Parmigiano. cocaine. 
just pasta, baby. No, it's it just really pasta. is just pasta. Her name is Joanne Valinari. And Valinari's is the name of the restaurant. Yes. She it's looks very name. Italian. Sure. Um, but yeah, that, that's she's on, the, she's on the level. Mel Gibson just likes her. Yeah, he's just like, he just really likes her. And, and he's then date, Kurt he's Russell's trying to date also her. like, Who's the she babe? is very attractive. Yeah. When he goes, he goes to monitor the situation, and he's like, well, she's attractive, and he's like, yeah. She let's looks talk like, for. She looks like Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how attractive she's Michelle she is. Pfeiffer in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's pretty perfect. In These this. are all very beautiful. Attractive attractive she's wearing she's wearing like long maxi skirts and like oversized sweatshirt, like quarter uh-huh. quarter zips, and oh, it's like it's beach spectacular. Front. It's amazing. Her let's, hair is just kind of blowing on the coast. Let's also talk about Kurt Russell's looks oh in this God, movie. You guys, that's the thing. With the that's slick what slick back hair and the shoulder pads and the big sunglasses. That's what got me through this movie was looking at Kurt Russell's <laughs> gorgeous ass face and. <laughs> Also, there's there's a scene where he wears these huge plastic framed glasses. Huge glasses. And I with his slicked back hair and just the yuppie hotness of it all. Oh. OG Patrick Bateman material here. Just incredibly hot. He's so good looking. It it is the movie is fantastic, you know, like a fantastically of its time. I mean, it's the height of fashion Mm -hmm. for for like and and like not ironically too. I mean, it is kind of like I guess some of the fashions are silly, but like everybody looks great. Yes. And they look and they look very much like it's nineteen eighty eight. We get a lot of like ice cube glass in the background, Uh you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Um yeah, everyone looks great. But that's kind of a big problem. Everyone knows how to wear jeans. Because you've got these three incredibly attractive, charismatic stars and this movie has no passion at all it's just like a complete like dead like dud firework it just sort of like sputters yes i think it's i think that the real attraction is supposed to be the love triangle and like the passion of the but everyone it's, plays it's exciting. so safe though yeah yeah it's not very exciting it's not particularly funny except when Raul julia is on there uh, there's hardly any action the suspense isn't so there it's because like, they just know they're like okay so max gonna be working with carlos to move 12 kilos of cocaine we know that's happening let's all they're gonna be doing in the meantime is observing and so the intrinsically there's not gonna be a lot of action happening yeah. the action like you said the action that we're supposed to be focused on is the love triangle and the like ex-best friend things but even that not is not super not compelling happening. feels very perfunctory like I don't you don't believe like at first Michelle falls in with uh, Kurt Russell yeah they have a really hot makeout session because they go to the wine cellar yeah. and it's raining really hard and there's like a leak in the sunroof or something comes down all over it like soaks Kurt Russell. Mm. His, his fantastic suit. And then and then they just start making out. There's a lot of wet makeout sessions, like oh, there's yeah. in the hot tub as well later. We're gonna, we'll talk about that. Yeah. And the I think there's a rain. <laughs> there's one. an interesting detail about that. Um but yeah, like that's not convincing. Like when she when she falls for Kurt Russell, you're like, really? That guy? And then, and it's also another one of those things that of course you have to do. I know it's a movie, but it's still possibly one of the more egregious examples of this. We're talking 1988 Michelle Pfeiffer, and they're going like, you've only been on three dates in the last 10 years. You're like, you're very lonely. Uh-huh. You're like, shut the fuck up. Right, yeah. Nobody's no, ever pursued this one. No way. <laughs> but at the same time, she's a career woman. And it, sure. I, I am convinced that she is very devoted to her restaurant. And sure. maybe she just doesn't, she's just not trying to date. I'll absolutely, I'm, sure, I'm sure endless men have hit on her. Exactly. Yeah. That's, see, that's the thing. I'll totally buy that. But I feel like the idea that she is like, 
so possibly some sort of old maid. No, is I don't. ridiculous. I, I didn't get that, that vibe. I didn't get that vibe at all. Because like you guys, I, I, are, I thought that she was career focused. And that's that, and that's what I figured. Didn't yeah. have time for this. But it, like I don't know. It's, it's, you're, it's you're probably. Right. I think Travis is more talking about like the way that it's presented in the dialogue. Like somebody's like, she's never. Who goes? She doesn't have a social life. It's like well, probably by choice. That yeah. is a line. But at the same time, like Kurt Russell's. A chintzy drunk cop asshole, and she's like, "Yeah, okay, that's great." <laughs> and then Mel Gibson is like this torm. I mean, they're both hot. I mean, certainly. Mel Gibson has such but her, sad her, her boy eyes. Was... This entire movie he just <laughs> always looks like he's just like. <sighs> she falls in love with him, like immediate. Like she falls in a, love a, with him. He's a daddy. He's a papa. <laughs> he also has a little kid. It's wild. He's a dilf. He has a little kid, and th- we talked about this before oh, the before dope. the podcast started. But these two men are are po- supposedly madly in love with her. But Mel Gibson just like wants her to babysit sometimes. His kid Cater. wants her to too. I know. Cater's kid's birthday. Cater's party. kid's uh, birthday party. The DEA was all convinced that sh- he was throwing a party for Carlos, where all this coke yes. was going to be. And so they're like, "Okay, Michelle Pfeiffer, you have to go to the party." And she was like, "Well, I was invited anyway." Like she she doesn't want what I felt bad. For, she keeps getting dragged into the middle of this, and mm-hmm. she honestly doesn't want to be involved. But she ends up being involved so she goes to this party at mel gibson's house and realizes it's a surprise party for his like seven-year-old kid seven-year-old kid also uh is the original voice of littlefoot from the first uh wow uh Land Before, Land Before time. time movie and Not he's bad. also the voice of uh little nemo in nemo slumberland damn movie. yeah what a stupid kid. kid yeah this fucking kid took over hollywood this practically fucking kid. unbelievable um, yeah, these two men are in love with, wildly in love with Michelle Pfeiffer's character, about whom we know materially nothing. She makes a mean pasta. She's, yeah, she's, she's a very good, good, she's at a good cook. cook and a business lady, uh, but has no discernible personality beyond that. She's nice. She seems nice. She seems nice. Yeah, she, she seems, seems nice. nice. <laughs> oh, she and, and we're, nice. we're told that she is good. Yeah. Like she at one point, nice. Kurt Russell's she's like, "You're, you're all good, good and true. You're, you're honest and truthful, well, unlike she is me." Because we, we see her have trouble lying or deceiving anybody, regardless. Yeah. You know, even if she likes one guy more than the other, she's not going to be a dick and screw over the other guy. And that's also why she hates being involved in this whole thing. And she Which also, honestly, like, leave her alone. Yeah, <laughs> let her run a restaurant. Why does she have to be involved? <laughs> she's smart too. She correct. I like the scene where. Uh, First of all, she suspects Kurt Russell is seducing her so she can get he can get close to Mel Gibson, and then that's proven right almost immediately in a really fun scene where uh, she picks up the phone at the restaurant. They're hanging out at the restaurant, and she's like, "Yeah, well, you know who is it? Uh, yes, I know who this is." And Kurt Russell comes over uh, to to her and picks up a book of matches. He's like, oh, "I just need a book of matches to light my cigarette." Goes and sits back down, and then she looks down at where Kurt Russell was sitting. He already had a book of matches over there. Oh, oh okay, shit. so I I missed something in that because I was like, why are they keep showing the matches? Yeah. I missed that. that it's makes because a lot of she figures now. out that he was trying to eavesdrop because of that. Yeah. And she's like, you're right, matches. you are you are seducing me so you can get close to Mel Gibson. He's like, I know, baby, I'm sorry. She has and this I, line. I am doing that, but I do love you too. She has this line that says, you want to fuck your friend? Fuck him, not me. <laughs> and I yeah. loved that. I thought yeah. that was great. Good job, yeah. Michelle. There's Piper. a line like that in LA Confidential too. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then Carlos shows up. Wait, have we got the hot tub sex yet? Oh, hot tub sex, yeah. That's Mel. That's Mel. So, like, obviously, it's a diversion. the The love triangle is gonna go. You're gonna go with the lesser man first, and sad, you know, I think Mel. to America at the time, Kurt Russell was like a nine, and Mel was a ten, and so she's got to end up with Mel. They're both pretty un- unappealing dudes. Is I mean, they're both hot. As yeah. Fuck. But like this, this is the sort of thing that's presented as love. 
And so she gets she gets tired of be, kind of being manipulated by Kurt Russell, <laughs> but Mel Gibson doesn't want to really manipulate her. He's Mel, just he his actually love is likes pure. her. Yeah. His love is yeah, because he's trying to get out of the drug trade, and he's taking care of a kid. He's trying to find an exit out the business, and he's an he's inventor. Nice. He invent what did he invent? He invented something he weird. He invented the cotton gin, cocaine. <laughs> he invent <laughs> motherfucker invented <laughs> cocaine. I forgot. No, he did invent something. He showed her in the backyard before they oh, fucked wow. in the hot tub. He invented a shrinking ray. <laughs> Oh, I shrunk some of my kids. It's a I real shrunk, problem. We shrunk the kids. <laughs> we shrunk the kids. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but you know, he, he's like too good, like to make it interesting. I would have liked it if he was maybe less far along in trying to get out of the business or something like that. It, he just feels like yeah. he's not into it at all. Well, and he has you're this like, whole thing where he's like, every like I want to quit so bad, no one wants me to quit. He's like, the yeah. my my drug dealer friends don't want me to quit. Uh, obviously, the people I give the drugs to don't want me to quit. Cops the cops don't, don't want, me, want to me to quit because they're using me to get to bigger guys. And he's yeah. like, I'm the only one who wants myself to quit. Yeah. So it's hard. Poor he guy. Clearly, poor guy. Poor guy. But he's also like tormented in ways that we also never really find out. I guess just being a drug dealer all those years tormented him in some way. Yeah. Because there's a scene in it where. <laughs> This is later on. I'm getting. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but still, yeah. I, it's very Mel Gibson. Not much happens in the middle of the movie, anyway. It's true. <laughs> they uh, just go back and forth at the restaurant, yeah, and then waiting for Raul Julia to show up. But it's like it's one of the in these scenes we've seen a lot of them in on this podcast. This is the sort of stuff that does not fucking fly in this day and age. But where she's going, like, I'm in love with you. I've fallen in love, and he's like, "Don't say that to me. Don't you say that to me." Oh, you that's at the very that. end on the boat. <laughs> Unless you mean, and he's like, "I'll fucking smack you." And then he like kind of does yeah. hit her. A li- I can't. You can't really tell from the shot if he's just sort of lurching, and sh- but she gets knocked down, and she's like, you know, even though you're being really scary and psycho right now, I love you. And but it's like, what's his fucking problem? Why is he? Why is he Goodwill Hunting in this? I have scene? no it's idea. Very strange. Why is he Goodwill Hunting? Don't you say that to me. No, you better fucking mean well, it. I move a little bit of coke. There's honor in that. <laughs> it's just. It's there's another rule in it. But that's what he's like that that on that um that kind of Mel Gibson um masculine fr- fragility sort of thing no, that like he does sort of well. Sad machismo. Yeah, sad machismo. Oh, chicks chicks love about, that shit. I'm so in love that I'm gonna flip out here. Yeah. I'm losing I, it. I'm not gonna do what you think I'm gonna do. <laughs> flip, flip, flip out, out. Man. flip out, man. <laughs> not gonna do it. But uh uh so like a lot okay, obviously. Raul Julia is the the only person in here. He, who's well, really Raul Julia is, is a guy named Escalante, and he's the chief of the Mexican the Federales, basically. Yeah. And earlier in the movie, like he presents Mel Gibson with like a really fancy gun. Yeah. And all this stuff, and uh, it, but yeah, it turns out that he is the drug dealer that they've all been conniving to arrest. And that can't be a twist because like, there's a Mel Gibson has takes a phone call from him like 15 minutes into the movie where it's just it's Raul Julia. And yeah. He's got such an unmistakable voice and he's like, "Hello, it's me." Your I'm, old friend. I'm your old friend, hey. and I'm the drug dealer, and all. And He's you're like, like well, okay, Gomez Raul Adams. Julia. Yeah, so I think if anything, it's a twist where Raul Julia <clears> comes in and is hanging out with like JT Walsh and those guys, and you're like, what that, the fuck? That was the twist for me. I was like, yeah. oh, he's also like helping them, but he's yeah. the bad. He's the bad guy. Yeah, so he's, he's got a, his. He, he's got his thing down. He's doing quite well. And, he's, he's, and he <laughs> looks like he's having a pretty good time too. <laughs> he yeah. just really enjoys his life. Yeah. He's just but, like, I got no complaints, man. I'm having a ball yeah. out here. And the finale kind of just centers around, like, he wants to kill Michelle Pfeiffer because Michelle Pfeiffer knows too much. Yeah, that's not going to make Mel happy. Against fucking will, too. It's yeah. like, god damn, just let her run a restaurant. Amiable sociopath, though, where it's just like, you're my friend, let's play ping pong yeah, together, sh- Mel. He shows We're buddies. Up after they I have- might have to kill your girlfriend. 
He shows up at Mel's house after Mel and Michelle Pfeiffer have the hot tub lovemaking That's the session. Hot, yes, okay. That's a real highlight. And that, that lovemaking session is so bonkers, bizarre look. It's like very showgirlsy in the in the it's too hot in the hot tub. And there's so much sexy saxophone oh, in this as well. Oh, the, 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 who did, who Dave Grusin. Dave Grusin. A man who could ruin literally any movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've complained about him before on this. It is some pretty some it's bonkers bad. bland music. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. So, okay, this is, there's moments where the just the style of this movie gets to where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And the hot tub sex scene, I think, is one of them where you're just like, Wow! Well, yeah. <laughs> wow! That's wild, and it's mostly body doubles. But it's like that you got the jacuzzi, the you jacuzzi. got the steam. Conrad Hall is shooting the shit out of this whole movie. Mm-hmm. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the here's the in- info from uh, Wikipedia. The famous love scene between Mel Gibson and Michelle Pfeiffer takes place in a hot tub that was re- reportedly not properly constructed or chlorinated, resulting in skin rashes and splinters oh, for the no. actors and their body doubles, oh. causing the production halt for, to halt for a few days. Terrible. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> it's disgusting. Oh, man. Oh, nobody, uh, nobody wants rug burn. <laughs> yeah, so as sexy yeah. as it is, you know, you watch this and know that people are getting... They, I guess they didn't finish the porch or whatever, and so they're I, just getting splinters and rashes and shit. Whenever I see that shit in the movies, I'm like, I don't know, this is just it's a schlep. Like, yeah. you know, you watch like uh, you watch these erotic thrillers and like everybody's boning in the shower, and it's like, you know, shower sex is fun, but it's not easy. Yes, like it's it's hard to do, and you got to figure out where everybody's gonna go. You can't just you can't just everyone gonna go. You can't just do it. And you're not actually supposed to have sex in a body of water like a hot tub or something like that. That's actually bad for you. That's bad for who? Uh, the Women. woman. Oh, because it's the. Well, yeah. I don't want to go into too much detail. What do you do with it, your hand there? What are you doing there, buddy? <laughs> but it like uh, pumps water into there, yeah, and, you know, and it can cause lot, ruptures and stuff. We have a lot more of an area sure. that stuff can go inside, I know, as, as you might be I've aware. I've heard. I've heard. Um, so the legend goes. The, the, it's an old wives' tale. Uh, are, yeah. you, are you telling? Are you trying to tell me that somebody fell down the well once? <laughs> but not, but not not just that. You, sh- you shouldn't. Not even for one second should you fuck in a, in a jacuzzi. <laughs> but this is what because everybody watches them fuck in the, the jacuzzi. Mm-hmm. And, and, but we just see it. You know, from you know, we see t- fifteen seconds of it or something. But later on. This is like literally like the Federalists the are watching. Seconds of my life. This is Raul Julia talking to Mel Gibson after he, he's, oh, yeah. he's come back oh, and he yeah. goes. He's, he's saying, I like I like the whole sentence. Four, four times. He's saying, hours. walking up the stairs. Yeah. I am uh, blah blah blah, and then he goes, "What's more, you fuck like a world champion." Four fucking hours. Four. Four hours. hours? In the hot, in the jacuzzi, four hours period. Yeah, like okay, and this is what I always wanted to know. I mean, this feels like it's written for like uh, teenagers or something like that who don't know about sex. But like, do they mean just sort of like we were amorous for four hours, or do they, do they mean like four hours four of just straight, actual like, intercourse? No, I think it's the. I think they had a few rounds, and you know, you take breaks. Yeah, you go, they probably it's, had a drink. It's in pretty between. similar to that sex. At times, it's pretty similar to that sex scene in Lethal Weapon too. Was, he was just pumping for four just for hours. four hours. <laughs> She's like, fucking stop. Help! Stop! Oh my God! But four fucking hours. I mean, according to people watching, I mean, who knows? But Mel Gibson's good at fucking. They needed it. That's like (laughs) the Martin, the new Martin Scorsese movie is only three and a half. They they watched the entire the entire Killers of the Flower Moon and still come back for one more fuck in a jacuzzi. Yeah. Getting rashes and splinters the whole time. Oh, it's really a metaphor for rapacious American <laughs> capitalism. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's miserable stuff. 
Uh, we did forget to point out that uh, Arliss Howard. I'm a, I I'm love a big that fan guy. of Arliss Howard. He's in this. He's like Mel's cousin, I it's believe. my second favorite Arliss. Really? Yeah. After the TV show? The TV show, yeah. yeah. Arliss. You like the Arliss show, Paul? Hey, Paul. <laughs> Arliss. <laughs> you ever give you one of these? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got, you know, they got that to Cheech Marin in that movie. You know, they should have you know, cast Chong. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you hear that, Paul? <laughs> Chong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Chong. Uh-huh. Chong. <laughs> Norm Macdonald's uh, David Letterman. I watched. Everybody. I watched the one yesterday where Alec Baldwin does the Nero pumping Marvin's room. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like Marvin's room. See Marvin's room. Be a man. Be a man. Fucking kills me every single time. When they when he does the top ten list and they the the orchestra starts to do the music and Baldwin goes, I don't care for that. Turn that off. I don't care for that. <laughs> That's the thing that Matt says all the time. <laughs> I don't care for that. I don't care for that. Turn that off. Turn that off. <laughs> Anyways, um, yes, Arliss. Howard, who is always good, and he plays this, this sleaze bag that hangs. And he's his cousin. He's his cousin. Mel Gibson, of course, is all, um, loyal to a fault yeah. to like people who have. He's, this is and why it, he and has. Carlos Howard's ratting him out. This too. is why he has a relationship with Raul Julia with Carlos because Carlos like broke him out of a Mexican prison at some point. Yeah, and it's like I and now I owe you for the rest of my life. I like right. that line too. He's like, yeah. "We're going to jail, and I won't be able to get you out because I'll be in jail too." He's yeah. like, "I'll be in Mexican jail." <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Arliss is is the one who's uh, dropping dimes mm-hmm. on uh, Mel. He's all simultaneous. He's, he's stabbing him in the back. Let's just put it that way. Which is like a fucking son. You fucking stab me in the heart, you little cocksucker. Someone is stealing from me. Anyway, but Arliss gets taken out. Uh, I think that even happens off screen. Yeah, Robert Town is not interested in the nitty get gritty. He's not no, interested in not making an action movie. I mean, I feel like that's what it needs it's for like me. A drug I, I would dealing. like, I would like some crime stuff. And yeah. they get they get some in at the end, but there's a lot of stuff at the end where it feels like the studio was like stepping in and going like, "Look, you got to do fucking make some concessions to the yeah. form here." Yeah. Uh, but again, Conrad Hall is the the full MVP of this thing because Raul Julia is only in it for like 25 minutes and Conrad Hall shoots the whole thing and it all looks good but there's moments of it where it's just like fuck. Well, once the boat explodes at the end and stuff it's really cool and well there's the I think that the can't sig- believe you shot me the signature scene and it's clearly just like we're just here we shot we're sh- this looks so good here's a lot of it and it's where yeah. Mel Gibson and Kurt Russell and they they powwow a couple times throughout the whole thing we're like oh this is getting out of hand but we are friends there's Let's a really great scene earlier bit. on where they're on that swing set on the, the beach swing set. where it's just like their silhouette against the tequila yeah. sunrise sunset it's, um, <laughs> it's it looks really fucking gorgeous it looks really good and, but yeah. and they knew it as, so there so this scene is like ten minutes long and they're and they're just going from like. Like wide shots to close shots, they look good. It looks good in all of them, and you're kind of like, boy, you could put this, I, I, you could put this movie on in the background. Like if I saw this movie on Blu-ray for sale, I might pick it up just what? to like have on in the background. No, you wouldn't. I, it's fucking gorgeous looking, and I it's and amazing. I like this nice kind of stuff. Film. I think it's good but looking, it is but boring it's so boring. <laughs> and it's not, of course, like that, if you do put it on in the like background. It's two leads, yeah. good looking but boring. Yeah. I felt like I, I felt like I watched a two-hour Spiegel catalog. Get. Yeah, it's just kind of empty style, yeah. for sure. Which is, you know, and again, like not, it's like everything's fairly well done too. It's just right down the middle, but it's there's no spark. Yeah, yeah, that's very strange. Um, well, of course, Raul Julius, the the one person. Yeah, he's singing, he, get, he gets he's singing the, the opera. End. It's great. Yeah, we have the scene where Mel Mel knows this guy pretty well, and he has to negotiate this sort of like. With this amiable sociopath, yeah. and and Michelle Pfeiffer is now like his prisoner, 
And he's like, what should I do? You know, I'm going to have to kill her because I'm a crazy guy. But I'm nice to you and we're friends. And it's like, Mel, and Mel's well, drunk. He's, he's basically trying to talk Mel Gibson into letting him kill her. Yeah. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Come on, buddy. How much could you possibly be in love with her? Well, I'm Mel Gibson. I'm very, very passionately, scarily in love with her. Uh, and then he ends up like pointing his gun at Raul Julia. Yeah. And Raul's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see any of this coming. There's a big altercation on, at the marina. Because this is all taking place on Mel Gibson's boat. Yeah, man, and they really drag this out, too. Like, there's so many, because Mel's got this boat, and he keeps on going. Like, the fuel line's been cut, and you're like, all right, the boat's going to explode. We're going to get at least to see at least one boat exploding, and then it's like, boy, you got to wait. Yeah. <laughs> you got to wait for that boat to explode. Yeah. God damn it. It's not like Q&A where it explodes right away. <laughs> that boat. Uh, yes, it is the very end when this boat, and, yeah. and it's kind of like, eh, it was fine. Um, but yes, there's, uh, the cl climactic stuff just sort of goes on and on. This is where we get the scene where Mel Gibson is like, tell you tell me you love me. I'm freaking out here, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's almost hitting her and stuff like that. Right, he like, he like punches the boat right next to her head. I hated that. <laughs> and she's like, ah, ah, I love you so much. <laughs> and, like, it's just like, God. There, we, we, there's like stuff like this in a movie that we did called, uh, Internal Affairs, uh, with, uh, Andy Garcia. Yeah. And it's the the same sort of stuff that you could get away with at this time, where they're where the man is being like, I, he's I tortured. will fucking kill you if you he's leave me. By I'm so love. in love with you, I'll kill you. And it's kind of like presented as like, there's is the love for the ages. Yeah, when really it's like, like it's, oh no, you're acting like you're 14 years old. Yeah, like, what the it's fuck really, are you doing? It's kind of if anything, it's scary. It's certainly not appealing no. in any sort of way. Um, <laughs> Bitch, that's abuse. And especially you know when Mel Gibson's doing. Was Mel Gibson's doing it in this movie? You're like, ugh. Yeah. God. Because, <laughs> you know, it ain't all that far from... He's tormented. He's, he's, he's but absolutely tormented. I know, just everyone just needs <laughs> to take a step so tormented? back. Everyone needs to take a step back and... Well, A, Michelle Pfeiffer just needs to not be involved. Yeah, absolutely. And she sort of... She's, you can tell she sort of knows that as well, but at the same time... She's in too deep these because are some she's world, in love. These are some world-class hunks, too. I mean... Apparently, she's just been plodding along with her life, just starting up this restaurant, and then all of a sudden, two hot hunk, two of the hunkiest hunks two ever, of the are like major hunks, are gonna courting her. Yeah, in so, her own. I mean, what can you do? Michelin star restaurant. <laughs> Is it a Michelin star no, restaurant? No, okay, I mean, prob maybe. I mean, I no, don't know. Not maybe. with that Quattro Formaggio. <laughs> I mean, it's fine, <laughs> but you got a way to formaggio. go. They don't just dole out these Michelin stars. You got to work for it. Um, they're on the boat. Why, is the, why is the tire company also doing restaurant ratings? I don't... Uh, it had to do with some sort of promotional thing 80 and years then ago it, and or then whatever. And just stuck. Because tr traveling uh -huh. on your tires, you travel to restaurants. What You go to I restaurants when you I didn't think about travel. that. That was the same thing. It is the same thing, yeah. Weird. And it's weird. It's just tires, but it's also... The, the Michelin star thing is wildly respected. Yes, it's it is. It's like legit. Oh, yeah. yeah it's more, means, it's more legit than like Academy weirder. Awards or anything else. And like it's insane, too, because you'll find out that like it's like a four-star rating system, but like if you get a three-star one, that's like really fucking amazing. If you get one Michelin star, it's fucking any huge. Stars. Well, there's that, there's that Michelin star restaurant next to Twilight on Rainier. Yeah. That I want to go to. Arc, arc, what is it? It's called like Arc I don't know. It's fine. or something. You've been there? I think it oh, might, you've been I think it Michelin might be Michelin. Star restaurant. Last I checked, there's, there's a way no better Michelin star restaurants in Seattle. There's a way better. They're really uh, rare. There's really? a way better restaurant uh, a couple blocks away called uh, Off Alley. Oh, the Off Alley, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's it is the tire company, and uh, I don't I don't know I, I, from what I can see from what she's making, especially that angel hair pasta. She's not quite on her way to a Michelin star yet. She's <laughs> no, got more work no, to do. No, no. 
she really needs Plus, to lose. Why is she making angel hair pasta for the kid? Doesn't he want like tendies? He seems to love it too. She, he goes, "Would you?" Because because she's babysitting Mel Gibson's like, kid yeah. a lot. <laughs> She's like, "Why can't she come over? I want her to make me some more angel hair pasta." Like, Shut the fuck up, angel hair pasta. <laughs> I mean, you're it's good. Have some dino nuggets and be quiet. <laughs> Have some Dunkaroos, you little fuck shit. Piece of shit. The kid. fuck. Dino little Nemo nuggets. can go suck one. <laughs> Mel Gibson's kid should definitely be having Dunkaroos too. I mean, yeah. come on. You're Australian. Act like it. Have Eat some, a Dunkaroo. Have, have some Vegemite. You can have a blooming onion, Vegemite, and Dunkaroos. And that's it. Go watch Young Einstein and shut the fuck up. <laughs> How does this... Go right. watch these Energizer commercials. Crocodile dummy. <laughs> How does this one end, you guys? Oh, it ends on the boat, of course, because we know this. It's it is Chekhov's leaky boat, and and we, and it's this is like a final sort of like friend scene between Rawl and Mel, and it and it's this is fun stuff. It's Rawl is involved, so it's fun. Kurt Russell shoots J T. Walsh in the back. Yeah, that's pretty crazy because J T. Walsh has gone way off. Uh, yeah, he's off the res. He's off the assignment. So, so yeah. Because he, he wants, this is again not very well established, but you have to go like, I guess he just really, it's really personal to him. Yeah. <laughs> to, I suppose. But yeah, Skirt Russell shoots him. We don't deal with any fallout regarding that whatsoever. None. Mel Gibson, like, eventually, he's like, oh, I was going to blow you up, roll in the boat, but let, I'm let not going to do it. it. And <laughs> let then me undo it real quick. He's like, let me undo it. And then Roll's like, okay, you'll do that. And now he's pointing a gun at him. And, and then he's like, now I will blow you up in the boat. And you're like, all right. uh, I feel like this could be a little more slick. Yeah. Um, and then he, he does indeed, he like runs off. This all happens pretty sl- sloppily too, I guess on purpose. But he like runs off. Then the boat kind of like the oil around the boat, the gas around the boat catches fire. Yes. Mel's off on a dock. It finally blows up. Raul Julie's in there, so he's dead. And then this is where, this this was, it feels like it, and it is true that, uh, that the studio demanded that Mel Gibson have a happy ending and not die because he was the biggest star of all of them when this came out. And so, <laughs> and so we get this explosive boat scene, and then and then there's just one final shot where Kurt Russell's like on the beach and he sees Mel. Uh, it's like the Boys of Summer video. Yeah, where like Mel and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer run towards each other on the beach, and then they're like they're, they're, he's they're like, together. Ah, they did it. And they're and like, Kurt Russell's know, like, he's like, good yeah. for them. <laughs> good. Straight up, good. For I'm them. happy for them. Yeah, and it's, very, then it's very over. Dumb. After all that, uh, if I was uh, Michelle weird. Pfeiffer at this point too, I'd be like, I think I'm out. Yeah. That was a lot. Yeah. That was a lot. <laughs> you, I think you guys Do you have any other drug I would be like mandatory six-month therapy, and then maybe we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That guy c- couldn't say I love you without want- kind of wanting to hit me. I don't know if that was like a great sign. I'm concerned he, he has a son. He doesn't strike me as a good boyfriend. No. <laughs> I, mean, I, I give it three years, and it's a bad three years. Um, then, then they, and then the movie goes out on a song, by Surrender, a song called Surrender to Me by Hart. Yeah. As if this movie could be more 1988 than it is. <laughs> well, I mean, you, I don't want to get ahead of things, but you can't compete with two Bruce Hornsby songs in backdrop. <laughs> two, count them. Um, <laughs> That's just the way it is. Here's some, some of things the, will never change. Here's some of the distinctive like Robert Town type stuff. Mm. Robert Town doesn't quite have like a David Mamet style um, voice where you're like re- it's wildly recognizable, but right. he but he does say distinctive writerly things sometimes. And uh, this is, uh, you're a lying, no good cocksucker and a four-flushing son of a bitch. Does that mean he takes huge poops, he has to flush four times to get him down? That's truly the only thing that I could think of. That's a lot of, because he's full of so much shit. You get it? It's a (laughs) roundabout way of saying you're full of shit. So roundabout. Is that you were a (laughs) four-flusher. It's incredibly roundabout. (laughs) You fucking sandbagging son of a bitch. 
Mel, this is Mel and Michelle Pfeiffer, the wonderful <clears throat> chemistry, the crackling chemistry that have to, they have together. Oh, God. Because he's always just so hurt around her all the time. He's like, thanks for the bullshit, Slick. Oh, she goes, God. did you just call me Slick? It's almost kind of fun. I know. I was like, tell him. So tell him, Michelle. She's so pissed that he called her slick. She's like, oh, that, now you got me. Yeah. She, like, you stopped halfway down this hall and, like, turned around. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and this needed, this needed a serious dose of, like, chain smoking dog biscuit eating Martin Riggs. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this is uh, Kurt Russell, and this is, like, just talking about, uh, I don't, I don't, this is another one of those lines that, like, like the four flushing thing where I'm like, I don't, what? I don't get it. Where he goes, um. She's, I think Michelle Pfeiffer's like, do you want some vodka or something? And he goes, <laughs> you want some vodka or something? I generally recommend my men stay away from vodka and stick with scotch and bourbon. Oh, and yeah. she goes, why is that? And he goes, so the brass will know that they're drunk, not stupid. What does that mean? And I'd be like, what? People drink vodka are dumb. But she responds as if I that swear meant, to, I swear that to meant God, something. That's something Jack Nicholson said to Robert Town one day. And Robert <laughs> Town was like, okay, whatever, Irish. <laughs> I was I high out of my you. mind when I said that. I don't know what it means, yeah. Bob. That just sounds like the kind of shit Nicholson would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, oh, and this is when... <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> this is a, kind of at the end where Rawl and uh, it feels like they've reached a kind of d- detente where they're on the boat. Rawl and Mel, old friends, and he's like, "You're right, buddy. I need to get out of the game too." And then Mel is like, "All right, finally, you know, finally trying to get you." And he goes, "The future is in grass." Hell yeah, Dougie. <laughs> There's no money in cocaine. I'm gonna move into pot dealing. Turned out he was right though. I guess I guess he, he was, was right, right. In, a, in a way. I think the future was still in cocaine as well. Uh. <laughs> Insert Shut the up. gift. Can't we have both? Right. I'd die before I hurt you, Mac. I love you. Shut up or I'll smack you one. <laughs> Don't say that again. Good like, Lord. God. Fun. I sure hope they end up together. <laughs> yeah. I'm passionately involved in this. I don't know. Ratings. Two and a half Judds. Uh, for all of the, the star power, the wattage, mm. this is surprisingly low energy. Yeah. Uh, this should be like on paper this is the hottest movie ever made. In practice, I barely I barely made it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give it like two Douglases for the hot tub sex. Yeah. Four fucking hours of it. Four. He's a fuck machine. <laughs> He's a fuck machine. Ah, uh, that don't hurts have sex, me. Don't have sex in a hot tub, everybody. Don't have sex for four hours straight. Yeah. And I'm going to give it Unless you're taking it at a nice gentle pace. Yeah, I really, if, if the yeah. If it were, you, you know, know if it works, you know, just don't, don't you be know. just pounding away for four straight hours. Jesus it's bad Christ. for you. You're going to hurt your back. Yeah. You're going to hurt a lot. You're going to get raw. The spirit is willing. Raw. Make, make sure you have spongy make and sure you have lube at least. Make everybody make sure drink you have lot, lube. Drink a lot of water. Keep hydrated. Stay drink hydrated. A lot of water. Uh, <laughs> Sex tips from Suspense is Killing Us podcast. Suspense, Join our Patreon for more. Suspense is fucking us. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm going to give it... Uh, Not the fuck is killing us. <laughs> <laughs> the Thank fucking, God. The fucking, yeah, I don't know is, the fucking the is killing us. The fucking is killing us. I mean... <laughs> oh, dude. I'm listening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, subscribe, sorry, Like and subscribe. Um, and I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 plates of angel hair pasta. Oh, oh nice. The children adore. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it three. I think it's just the quintessential three Judd movie. It's they, it, it, the, the one of the things that's frustrating about it is like it's poor. It's like the acting. It's not like the acting's bad. The the writing's fine. It looks great. It's handsomely mounted. I mean, I feel like they kind of did everything that they could. It's just not so. There. So is Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> <I was waiting. laughs> yes, the fucking is killing us. 
Um, uh, you saw that it, one coming too. That was funny. <laughs> but it, but it just, but it just doesn't click. Uh, I think that they've made too many kind of like concessions to, like, think Mel Gibson's character being so nice. What? They're all the characters are nice. Even Kurt Russell, who's like using people, but he is doing it so he can do his job properly yeah. and stuff. It's just you know, you never it doesn't feel human. It's just drab. Uh, I'll give it two for the sex scene too, and uh, and I'm gonna give it ten out of ten splinters and skin rashes. Oh, gross! <laughs> All right, that's rough. I'm gonna also give it three Juds. Uh, this is the first time I saw this movie, and I. Um, while it wasn't action-packed or even had a particularly good pace, I did enjoy its cast and how it looked and more looked at it with an eye of this is a, this is just kind of a relationship slice of life with a little bit of drug dealing in the background. Yeah. Um, drug dealing drama. Yeah. Tequila Sunrise. I'm giving it just uh, one Douglas for the sex scene. And I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 sexy sax solos mm. because there's a lot of those. Dave, Dave Grusin, <laughs> you Dave. son of a bitch. <laughs> you sandbagging <laughs> son of a bitch. You four flushing motherfucker. <laughs> Dave, you heard it here first. Four flushing. Composer Dave Grusin, a four flushing motherfucker. <laughs> the flushing is killing us. Uh, all right. And the, one that, the one that we're, I think, that we're all the You've most wanted to do this about. one for decades. Since the beginning of the podcast, for, for literally decades, uh, Backdraft. Woo! The great Backdraft. It's like organized confusion over, over uh, three, four hundred degrees in temperature. And then you just got these guys that are running into this building. Everybody else is running out. And these lunatics are running in. Is there a real Chicago fireman's outfit I see on you? It's in the blood, Willie. When I heard that both McCaffrey brothers were being assigned here at this station together, my heart was filled with a, a sudden desire to transfer. <laughs> Brian, damn you! Let's just have one drill, Lieutenant. Now one for the company and one for me. Have a bad day here. Somebody dies. Check that door for heat. I mean, is that an accident or is it ours? I'll get that answer as soon as I do. The second best Ron Howard movie. What's the first? Apollo 13. Ooh. I like this more. Uh, what do I like? I, oof, this, <laughs> I, Ron, like, I like Ron this Howard? movie a lot. I think Ron Howard is a terrible director, and I'm I don't. Not, I don't agree. Get, I know that. I, mean, I don't cut him any slack. I, I think he's made some of the worst movies of all time. But right. they're not poorly directed films. I think Ronnie he. I think Howell. he is good at te- at set pieces, at the technical side. But he's 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 like St- Steven's like an even blank. He's like Steven Spielberg. His material can run a little bit trite. Yeah, like you take uh, Steven how Spielberg. How the Grinch stole Christmas from TV. Yeah, I think that might be the worst movie ever made. That is terrible. Have you seen? Just, I. <laughs> I don't want to derail this too much. Have you seen his newest one, Thirteen Lives, the one about the Thai cave rescue? <laughs> Is that from Elon sure. Musk's uh, perspective? Right. It is. It is about that story. Uh huh. It's fucking great. Really. It's really fucking good. Well, I heard. I mean, I, like the best that I can do with with Ron Howard and, and Backdraft and Apollo thirteen are the only exceptions to this. But like, the, remember that movie Rush came out? I enjoyed that. And I and I watched and I saw that in the theater and was like, that was really good. Ron Howard, you fucking done it. And then I watched it a second time. I was like, fuck that movie. Like I couldn't make it through it. So like he, the best that he can do aside from like these two movies. 
is get me one time. Okay. And, the, and that, but I just find him to be so insufferably bland. I he's, think, and me, me and Corey were talking about it, and I think it might have something to do with the fact that he's never lived a day in his life. <laughs> <laughs> he's just been a Hollywood star since he was like five. Yeah. All of these movies that he's directed are so all over the board and just like what they are. He's a oh, yeah. man. oh, and Splash is pretty good. You loved Solo. <laughs> Solo? <laughs> yeah. A Star Wars story. I've never. Oh, oh I did see Solo. <laughs> I forgot about the existence of that. You, I was you, thinking wait, of the Mario Van Peebles Solo? movie. He, re- he replaced the Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the animation guys. They they fired them and he he stepped in. That was a ru- that was an absolute rush. The same same exact deal where I saw that in the theater. Maybe I'd had a, a couple mm. beers or oh, two beforehand. Oh, a beautiful mind. And I was like, Solo's actually really good. And oh, then I was like, I, you. then I had Disney Plus. And I was like, I'm going to watch Solo again. I was like, no, I'm not. Hmm. I, I think I got like 10 minutes into it. I was like, fuck this. I remember seeing that in the theater and hating it. And then going like, when, again, I had Disney Plus, And I was like, fine, I'll give it another shot. In 45 minutes, I was like, nah, nah, never mind. Fuck this. But back, uh, back, uh, anyway, uh, Backdraft back has, has the draft, whole. Draft to backing. It has the whole gamut of Ron. I mean, it's got the stuff that he's good at and the stuff that he's bad at. And it's all jammed in. It's the ultimate Ron Howard movie. I, I love this movie. I think it is Incredibly exciting and fun yeah. to watch. It I, looks great. It is dumb as fuck. One of the this, stupidest movies ever. This movie, I think, part of the reason that this movie is so kind of mesmerizing is because there aren't. I at least for me, I feel like there aren't a lot of like firefighter movies that yeah. that people. It's just like this kind of action that we're not used to seeing. Maybe you know, and so it's like, I think that helps make it a lot more interesting. And I think Ron. I think in this case, Ron Howard's sort of like lack of interest in verisimilitude. 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 Fuck. Molecular. I'm just dropping that word. And that word sucks. Verisimilitude. Like he he has no interest in making a realistic movie about it. He's like, what if there was no smoke in a phone? What if? Because like, yeah. Well, the best part about this is that you couldn't see the you couldn't see the action scenes. Exactly. So it's gone. Actual firefighters when they watched this movie, they they were like surveyed or they they were asked for their comments on it. And they were like, well, you know, it's not super realistic because there's no way they would be in there without their, like, masks and their, uh, you know, whatever's on all their, their breathing equipment. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but they're like, but that would be a bad, <laughs> they followed up being like, but that would be a really bad movie. So we're glad that they didn't <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. make it realistic because into- you wouldn't be able to see the action. So, yeah, yeah. we loved it. You go into um, a burning building, you can't see jack shit. My, and what's the point? My dad and my uncle and my grandfather were firefighters. Wow. And I believe they all went and saw this movie together in theaters. Did they all hate fire? Did they see the fire animal? as the animal? The, the, the animal, enemy? you mean? Probably. Yeah. They, this is the only thing. Why does that bug you so much? It's totally a, a valid dramatic device. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not a valid dramatic device. It doesn't bug me. I love it. Oh, I think okay. it's incredibly silly. It's a little silly. It's very silly. Like the fire is the enemy. The fire itself. You got to love it a little, Travis. I absolutely love it. But <laughs> have, having... Watching this, it's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Having this like family connection to where, to where I'm like, well, my, my dad and my uncle were firefighters, and also they've they've had kind of like a tumultuous relationship with each other. Mm. When I first saw this, and I was like super stoned watching this movie and I was just like oh my god it's the story of my life wow. but, it, but then it, but it really wasn't because there's a lot of crazy <laughs> shit that happens in this movie it's that, ridiculous that definitely didn't happen in my life um, but uh, the, the, the fire closest, looks amazing. The fire. Oh, yeah. God. The closest did you guys can, ever go to the thing in Universal Studios or whatever? I wanted yes, to talk about did. it. You did. It's insane. It's you the, did too. It's one yeah. of the best. It's one of the highlights. I've never been to Universal. It's one of the Studios. coolest amusement park things I've ever seen in my life. Doesn't exist anymore. I read all about yeah. it. Did you know what replaced it? Uh, oh God, God I, fu- I fucking really found out. But I read about it. I forget yesterday. now. You might actually like it. 
It's the what Transformers, right? Oh, that's right. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. The, I also went to the Waterworld one too when I was there. The Waterworld, yeah. that was yeah, the Waterworld great. is probably the best one. Back to the Future back, is, is also really good. Is that was still, too jarring is for me. Is there still cool ones there now? I, don't I haven't know. been there in 15, 20 years, something like that. But Backdraft was so cool. Oh yeah. Uh, they even like they I like love it. I love it when somebody and one of those things has to act a little bit. Like mm-hmm. sometimes the people who drive the tram have to act a little bit. We're like, oh, whoa, fucking Jaws is coming. <laughs> uh, but in this one, <laughs> she like was really scary. We're just gonna show you how like fireworks, and then there's like a, a just like a person there, and then they do a little twirly fire. They show you like fire doing a cool thing, which is what Backdraft is all about. Yeah, it's yeah. like, what if fire? And you're like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Fire is cool. I heard when you're like standing on the platform, <laughs> yeah. it like jolts a That's little right. bit. No, it drops. <sighs> it probably only drops like two inches or but whatever. It's but it's startling. It, but boy. And there's fire everywhere. And they lead, but they lead you into this warehouse after they show you this cool like fire spiral thing. And they're like, and then the 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 little we're gonna show you a little fireworks show, and eventually, and they're like, oh no, wait. Things are getting out of hand. This is not supposed to be happening, and <laughs> yeah. that stuff starts catching on fire, and the barrels are like blowing Blow up, up, like what like what happens in the end of this movie, and it's fucking awesome, yeah. and it's That's pretty really hot. Cool. And the, the coolest part is, as you're leaving, you see them resetting the stage, and <laughs> yes. like for the next crew to come the in and do it. Barrels kind of go, yeah, back it's into the thing. fucking awesome. It was so. It's one cool. of those things where like it's 15 minutes or something. You're like, let's go back and do that again right now. I think I did it three times. So good. And then it came back another, again and did it another three times. Speaking of insane shit, though, let's start at the beginning of this movie where, for some reason, they take their Kurt Russell takes his child to a fire. And it's not the Kurt Russell that we're going to be following no, no, the rest we'll, of this we'll, movie. We'll get to that. It's a mustachioed young Kurt Russell, <laughs> but he's made to look like an old Kurt Russell. He's flash flashback of the father. Yeah, and and so they they go to this. They take the the youngest of the two brothers, and they leave the older brother. They leave the older brother. Usually, the older brother gets to go along. Yeah. we're told. Interesting. Uh, either in either case, this is wildly inappropriate and stupid. Um, yet. Uh, we'll see that this is not the first or the last time that this character will be witnessing something or being in a place where he has absolutely no business being. He sees the animal. He sees the and animal. The animal the looked time. at him. <clears throat> Did the, the animal look at you? Animal looked at you. Um, anyway, so there's a, there's a big fire, and we we also meet Adcox, which is Scott Glenn, and he's Scott like Glenn. best buds with the dad, Kurt Russell, mm. the dad, and they're fighting this fire, and they rescue a, a, a like a little girl. And all this heroic shit happens, and then what? Uh oh, backdraft happens or something. I don't know. The, yeah. the building exploded. It's fire doing like crazy shit. The, the back, movie. The movie loves when fire does like sneaks around and yeah. Yeah. to the walls the now. So it's a back. The, the backdraft is when the oxygen. There's no more oxygen, so the fire kind of retreats for a second. Yeah. And then you opened a door. You open a door because you think you there's no fire, in. and the introduction of the oxygen kind of ignites it like a big new explosion. Yeah. And that that is what happens. And I mean, you could also look at it metaphorically in the relationship of these three men. Yes, you could. That's a good point. Thank oh. you. Thanks. But anyway, That's Kurt Russell gets gets blown up. And his his fireman's hat launches into the air and lands right at the feet of his little boy. Yeah. I thought it would have been great if the fireman's hat had some, like, brains in it and stuff, like in Tremors. <laughs> Picks it up and it's got, like, orange goo in it. And my favorite part of this ridiculous opening sequence is, is the asshole photographer who gets right in this it's little r- kid's face who just watched his father get exploded. And he's just, like, taking pictures like a jackass. And that's and this is a silly, it's not certainly not worth belaboring this point, but here I go anyways, where the, the photographer gets right into his face. And then you see the, fin- the final shot and it's clearly taken from, like, 50. 15, 20 feet away or something because <laughs> yeah. the kids and this makes the cover of life magazine wow and 
so he's kind of famous for his whole life for being like for the being tragic bereaved. It's like uh, uh, Robert Kennedy's son. Yeah. Uh, or is it John, JFK Jr., the picture of him when he was a little kid yeah. giving, giving the salute? Yeah, yeah that's JFK like that Jr. sort of thing. John John. John John. <laughs> that's right. He's the one who, he's secretly not dead. He's going to come back and save us all when the storm happens. Yeah, he is he's, Q. He's Q. I believe he is Q. He's or Q. friends with Q. No, no and not, not Q from Star Trek. No, no, that's no. That's a different Q. No, better Q, depending on how you feel about Q from Star Trek. Yeah. Probably, a little, probably just as obnoxious. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just as powerful. Ooh. What? Well, anyway. Uh, but yes. Where we go one, we go all. So. Unfortunately, this kid grows up to be <laughs> Billy Baldwin. Ooh. Charisma vacuum Billy Baldwin. I think that this movie has a, its fair share of problems, but the biggest problem by far is casting Billy Baldwin, and that's always a problem. Well, a, you know you know who was going to be in this movie, but uh, changed, they changed their minds was Brad Pitt. He Brad, was in, in the Billy Baldwin role? Brad Pitt went and did Thelma and Louise, so he couldn't do Backdraft. Oh. Shit, I guess. I mean, either those are good, two good choices. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad Brad Pitt did Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise. I just do wish that they had found somebody better than Billy Baldwin. Yeah. Don't settle on Billy Baldwin. Yeah. I don't even think Slivers Billy, Billy Baldwin. Sliver. I don't even think Billy Baldwin's that good looking. Like, I mean, obviously he looks like a good looking guy. I mean, he I mean, is. He is the second most talented Baldwin. I mean, that's. I mean, that is true. That's true, right? It's it's a family of losers except for the one guy. <laughs> And he's also, and, you know, he's, he's got his talent, own problems. He's a talented loser. Yeah. But you got I do think Alec Baldwin's pretty good in quite a lot of stuff. I'm saying. Billy Baldwin, I think that the most I've ever enjoyed Billy Baldwin was in Fair Game, which we did on this podcast. Good movie. And, and it's like that is, and it's not because he's good. No. But it just suits it very well. This is this movie has a lot of drama in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Billy Baldwin cannot, he's not a good actor. He's got a good sad boy face, but he doesn't really do anything with it. There's just, and the hair, I'm not a fan. There's just no reason to root for this guy, and it's right. funny at times. I think this whole movie is very funny throughout. I don't, not on purpose, uh, but I think I do think it's funny that this movie's like. And then you want to know what happens to this guy, right? You want him to like hook up with this lady, right? And I'm like, I couldn't care less. Yeah, not about this guy, this <laughs> dead-eyed looking <laughs> mook staring like, at him. <laughs> yeah, he's just. <clears throat> This is like I just always. There's one scene with uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, which uh, is very funny, like being overmatched in a, in uh-huh. a romantic pairing. And that's why like her third movie. Or Maybe something Jennifer like that. Jennifer Jason Lee's talent can carry over to him <clears throat> or something like yeah. that. No, no it's, it's, she was coming off Miami Blues for this one. Not her third movie. She's Damn. been in a bunch of stuff, but yeah. But Jennifer Jason Lee, needless to say, is quite a bit more talented than Billy Baldwin. Agreed. But there's just one scene where she's just like, so why did you want to become a fireman? And you're like, oh, no. Like, well, I just my father. And you're like, God, I'm falling asleep. Oh, here we go. He's got nothing. <laughs> just, just one Supreme Court today. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway. Uh, just, he sucks. He sucks. And it's a problem. But he's he's grown up little boy, and um, he's, he's he wants to be a fireman now. He's gone through a lot of odd jobs. He's, he's an aimless youth. He had an emu farm. Yeah, he sold washing machines. I don't remember. <laughs> he was the, a snow the guy, cone maker. The, yeah, the guy at the bar gives him a hard time about it, which just seems mean. That was, That is so strange. I mean, I understand exposition, but what kind of bartender there's, is like, didn't you fuck up a bunch? <laughs> and it's funny, too, because they're at a fire. They're at a fireman's, a fireman's bar, you know, and, yeah. and like... Uh, have you been to the Fireman's Bar in Pioneer Square? No. Yes. Oh, it's, it's actually, cool. yes, I it's have. cool. Yeah. There's they also have a one great in dessert uh, there. There's also one in uh, kind of Soto area called the Siren. It's really oh, really? Good. Never yeah. been there. Nice anyway, uh, they, yeah, they're at the Fireman's Bar, and he's like, he's gotten his probationary status. He's a probie. 
Yeah, and, uh, you hear and, that word a lot. And the bartender is like, so, aren't you a big piece of shit? Because your dad <laughs> your dad liked you, but I don't know. Nobody else thinks you're worth the goddamn. I heard you had struggles in life. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, everyone, hey, everyone likes the other brother better. <laughs> this guy didn't have a great, <laughs> successful career, huh? Yeah. Oh. And, and he's got a buddy He's got a buddy who went through a fireman school with him, Jason Gedrick, the show killer, who's been in, like, every canceled <laughs> television program you can oh, imagine. Oh, no. And uh, as, soon as, as soon as this kid shows up, you're like, oh, goose. Oh, he's, he's 100%. He's like, I can't wait to get out there and fight fires. I can't fires. wait to fight fires See? and save people. Aww. I'm so young and vivacious. Uh, and he does he does get goosed, but he doesn't die. That's right. Yeah. He gets uh, another, like, he, one his, of the, he, he gets, gets Chris, his face, he gets his face burned off. Weird choice. I don't know. I don't know why he kind of died. Not that I, like, want wow. the guy to die. It's you want just, him to die, Like, Travis? later on, they're like, he's going to be fine. And you're like, oh. Well, I think that's almost worse. Yeah. He's gonna be well, just burned a bunch. He's yeah, gonna be you saw well, his face was like all bubbling and they'll stuff. They'll put him under the Paris Opera House. He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, so yeah, he's he's gonna be a probationary fireman, and he and he wants to. He says he bribed the uh, he bribed one of the you know uh, lieutenants or whomever makes the assignments with a case, case of scotch, scotch. to to That's put him to put lot. him in like a cushy a cushy spot. But uh, but Kurt Russell, his other uh, his brother, who shows up looking exactly like their old man, without a mustache, without a mustache. That's an interesting choice. Which is really it's a really funny scene too because they like they go to the fire. They're they're having this celebration at the at the bar for getting like their assignments and their probationary status. And then somebody's like, "Hey, there's a fire somewhere. We all have to go." And yeah. they just run over to this place. I yeah. think they're just all drunk and they they're just want to go check out the fire, which is weird. And it's a really cool fire too because we see this guy pull like he pulls up to his house and like he's in a Porsche. And he like uh, locks his car and everything, and just like opens his door and gets exploded mm-hmm. and through then, the windshield. Yeah, we see we That's see his so crispy gross. body in the windshield of the car. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, there's some crispy bodies in this for sure. But there's no fire. The fire's been mysteriously blown out by the explosion. Yeah, and and we see Kurt Russell come out of the of the front door of this house, and Stephen ba- or Billy Billy Baldwin sees him, and then and you're like, oh God, it's is it his dad? No, it's his brother. It's just an identical twin with his father. He grew up to look exactly like his father. How do you feel about, what do you think Scott Glenn thinks about, like, walking around all day, hanging out with this young man who is a spitting image of a dude who he watched die? I guess there's another one. It's just like when when Hooch died, and then they, they get a new <laughs> Hooch at the end of it. Oh, I guess I got another Hooch. Baby Hooch. Yeah, it's fucking strange. You look so much like your dad. Like, it's fucking bizarre. It is. It's it's funny, though, because Kurt Russell's actual son is a dead ringer for him. Yeah. In, in real life. The genes yeah. are strong. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's, he's not shooting blanks, that man. He is. <laughs> God mm, bless mm, him. Mm, mm. Uh, but Kurt Russell's a loser. I mean, he's the best firefighter. He's the best. He's but, gotta, that's, but he's one of those guys who can't do anything he can else. Only, he can only be a fireman. Yeah. And he wants. He basically doesn't believe that his younger brother uh, can can cut it. He doesn't think he's got the commitment to it or the talent. Yeah. But also, he cares for him a little bit, and he's worried about. Yeah, he wants his, to protect his, him. Wants to protect his little brother too. Yeah. It's a com- complicated and boring relationship <laughs> the two of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can admit. And this is another part of the like. There's so much of this movie. That well, there's is, three. That is so there's awesome. three stories happening in this yeah. movie. There's Billy Baldwin's coming of age. Boring. Boring. But there's the awesome fireman stuff. Awesome. And and like, you know, the mystery of like who's setting the fires. It's a murder mystery. And the second half of that is the awesome Robert De Niro fire investigator stuff. He's so cool. Robert De Niro is my second favorite guy in this movie. I always forget he's in this. 
He's and great. Yeah, he's the he's the fire inspector. He used to be a firefighter. He got all he, burnt. Oh yeah. There's one scene where we watch him take his shirt off and he's all for some scarred. reason. Was that before or after you noticed you were standing in a pool of gasoline? He's this cool. is this is my, Robert De Niro, good actor. This is my second yeah. favorite Robert De Niro in an office yelling at cops. What's your first? Copland. You, you had you had a chance Copland. and you blew it. You what had a chance. I gave you a chance to be a cop and you blew it. You blew it. You blew it. And then, he eats, the, then he eats the sandwich. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's great. Oh, we can we still have Copland. We can do that. I think we can do that on the Stallone episode. <laughs> you blew it. You blew it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's <laughs> great. But De Niro, this is when he's still uh, a very heavy, serious actor and mm-hmm. stuff. It was before he'd kind of lost his rep, and he's, uh, and he's really good. Yeah. And then, but like I, I tell you what, I remember thinking this was my favorite stuff, other than like the fu- the full on fire chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of this, the scenes, the one scene in particular with Robert De Niro and Donald Motherfucking Sutherland, mm. whose character's name is Donald, Ronald, 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 and he is the Hannibal Lecter. He's the Canadian fire he Hannibal Lecter. He is the Hannibal Lecter. And it, but he's Canadian too, he so he's like fire. gleeful. He, he loves fire. Another amiable sociopath. He but loves we'll, to but burn we'll get to him. What does he like to do to old women? Burn them. Burn them. What does he want to do to the world? This is really great. It's great stuff. <laughs> I can't believe that, that, that there's stuff like this where the where it's Robert De Niro squaring off against Donald Sutherland. Mm-hmm. They're both really good. And then also Billy Baldwin next scene. Like just uh, goddamn, you really get the gamut. There's a. Uh, so yeah, Kurt Russell, he's having a marital problems. He's separated from his wife, Rebecca De Mornay. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, stealth MVP of this movie. She's great, but it is, it is also because it's she do Rebecca De Mornay is always great, but it's like she's just like the it's concerned wife. It's a thankless role. Yeah, but I think she's terrific in it. And when we get to the end of the movie, I'll mention something in particular. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, it, the cast is incredible. Yeah, and uh, and then uh, Billy Baldwin is maybe trying to get back together with his ex Jennifer Jason Lee, mm-hmm. who coincidentally works for. Local uh, alderman Swayzak, played by J.T. Walsh again. He's always goes by Alderman Swayzak, and I like to think that his name is actually Alderman yeah, Swayzak. Alderman so Swayzak. he's like Alderman Alderman Swayzak. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> How did, who are you? How did you get in here? I'm a locksmith, and I'm a locksmith. I'm a locksmith. <laughs> but two double dipping on J.T. Walsh. Yeah, and he's playing a scumbag in both of them. J. Hamilton T. Walsh. Yeah, and um, he's and he's corrupt, and it's not insignificant to the plot of this movie that this guy is corrupt. Yeah, everybody suspects that he's corrupt, and he's like doing this weird community program. It's like closing fire stations and and taking money out of the fireman's budget, and and the firemen are like, "You're getting us killed." Yeah, um, we figure out what the, what's going on later on with that. Um, and then meanwhile, someone is murdering accountants <laughs> by blowing them up. Yes. With a, by, by creating backdrafts. By creating backdrafts. And as we, we come to find out through Robert De Niro's character, that the person who's using fire to kill these people, he doesn't like fire. Yeah. Like a lot of times people use fire to kill people, but they like it. They like the animal. And this person hates fire. Yeah. But he wants to kill people with fire. Yeah. And who hates fire? Fire The and, ones that fight but it. Knows how to use, but knows how, to, mm-hmm. how it works. Could be fire. firemen. Fire hun- fire hunters. <laughs> they fire, hate fire. Firebusters. By their very what, nature, what they hate fire. Called fire firebusters. That's what they should be called. Firebusters. <laughs> and I can't stress enough how much I love the fact that fire is like it's just like flameouts. It's like in Twister where Helen Hunt is getting revenge on tornadoes. Uh, You've never, yeah, okay. You think that's funny, but you never seen one miss that house and miss that house and come directly at you. I've seen it. You haven't. You wouldn't talk that way if you had. It was a small tornado. <laughs> the, the hell? It was a dust devil. <laughs> 
<laughs> I fucking hate that movie so much. <laughs> so stupid. This isn't quite, well, it's pretty stupid. It's pretty stupid, but this is way more exciting. But, oh, I love this level of stupidity, though, where they'll be in fires, uh, they'll be fighting fires and stuff, and then Kurt Russell, because he hates fire the most, because he's the best bull. And uh, in the fire, he's like, the fire... The fire went into the walls. It's getting into the it, walls. It's a pussy. Yeah. He and calls the, fire yeah. a pussy. And the one thing is he's fire. Al- he always says that fire's not going to get him. That's He's not going to go out yeah. because of fire. No. Like, he's not going to die because of fire. Also, the thing about his character is, yes, he's so good at firefighting, and he's this big hero and everything, but it's because that's where he has to put all his energy because otherwise he's just a sad sack. Mm-hmm. He's doing so bad. Real- he got kicked out of the house. He's living on a boat, on his dad's old shitty boat. This is a, he, And I think everyone kind of knows he's... Too. A sad sack, too, so they do kind of feed into his ego yeah. because he's so good. They successfully make him a loser, too, because so often, as we've covered in these boats, they'll be like, it'll be like this loser cop, and he lives on a houseboat. Yeah. And you're like, oh, the poor guy lives in a fucking lap of luxury. Like, everybody yeah, wants yeah. to live on a house. This case, he lives on a boat that's just like In beach, a parking and lot? And it's a tiny, it's like a it's little like a boat. It's like a little boat. Yeah. He is, it is like, damn, that's... Let, let me ask you, let me ask you this. Did he, I mean, you, we've all seen this before, so obviously... Uh, we knew it was coming, but like, do you think that it successfully works when they try to make a red herring out of Kurt Russell that maybe he's the one starting the fires? I when I first saw this, that I did think it worked. So, okay. Yeah, I thought also it was, I fall for everything. I so. thought it was hilarious how sh- how briefly they were trying to do that. I, I think just, it's like ninety seconds before they like they between them going like it could be Kurt Russell and then they like no it's not no it's not it's not it's yeah it doesn't take very long it's so but, brief but also at the same time like I'm just like don't patronize me come on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We know it's not Kurt Russell. I think that might be why it's it's so brief. Where they're like yeah. the people aren't going to stand for nobody it. wants we, this we, shit. We just pretend this is what's going on for much longer. Yeah, um, but that's but it's all but it's pretty well paced too. Um, you get this these boring scenes where Billy Baldwin and Kurt Russell are yelling at each other. These boring scenes where Billy Baldwin's doing anything, making out with Jennifer Jason Lee on the top of a fire truck. And interstitially, you get these cool backdraft scenes where a person like opens a door and gets blown up. And it's, they're always in inter- There's one where a it's guy opens Chicago, the door. Too, so there's lots of good it's Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. There's one where a guy opens the door and he like works in a theater or yeah, something, uh-huh. and it's just neat. Uh, and then you get these any any of the scenes with Robert De Niro in it are fucking great. Yeah. And like sometimes he just goes on and on. He just waxes about fire. Uh-huh. Obviously, the best part in the whole movie. I'm gonna say that a lot. I like this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, is where he start. He starts. He his starts own the little, little fire. fire. Yeah. And then he goes, "Fire is alive. <laughs> you gotta love it a little. It breathes. It eats. Yeah. And it hates. So and good. you're like, well, so I think I agree with the first two. You could definitely say that. But I like the part on, where dude. I like the part where Billy Baldwin comes to work one day and. Robert uh, Robert De Niro has a thing in a in a trash can, and he's like, "Hey, why don't you open that trash can up for me, little pal?" And he open he like blows blows up because he created back a backdraft in the back trash can. Backdrafts him. He's like, "What the him. fuck are you doing? Why didn't you just tell me?" I wanted to kind of prank you a little bit. Yeah, he oh, just breaking your balls a little. Just breaking your balls. <laughs> he doesn't laugh at him. See backdrafts. See, see, back see backdraft. I heard things about backdraft. <laughs> I heard things about back. This guy does not laugh. He's he's been. He's seen too much fire in his life to have any a sense of humor anymore. Uh, there is like a, a really excruciating montage set to a Bruce Hornsby in the range yes. song. They got Bruce Hornsby. They got the range. <laughs> they got it's, them both. It's it's following the Top Gun template pretty strictly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but with a murder mystery added, yes. added to it. 
and I, I ain't complaining. Yeah. But this, but this like montage is against. It's following Billy Baldwin as he like sort of gets better at being a fireman. Well, no, he stopped being a fireman. He gave up. Oh, is this like other firemen? Yeah, training? he gets up and he he goes and gets reassigned to the in- investigators unit. Well, yeah, they, but I think the montage him. is when they he's still him. trying to be. They want him to be on the inspect like fire inspector unit, and he eventually after. Do wait. Do we talk well, about him Swayze, saving the mannequin? Swayzak, Swayzak oh, gets the, him assigned the to that. We got to talk about him saving the mannequin. His Ugh. first like big fire. He thinks he's he thinks he's saving somebody, and it's a bit big fire. And he comes out of the building, and he's holding. We see it's a department store, and he's holding this woman with long hair, and he's like, "I got one over here." I got one over here. And then they look, and the guys who are going to do like the CPR, the like EMTs or whatever, they like <laughs> move her head. And it's a mannequin, and they all laugh. And at we him. all know how you can easily mistake a full mannequin for a human body. That's right. Yeah, like I don't want to harp on it too much, but like, who the fuck? She maybe must from have weighed, afar, she must have weighed twenty pounds. Yeah, but I mean, pounds. when you pick it up. Yeah, exactly. I was saying maybe from afar you can, but once you pick it up, yeah. you're gonna feel that it's she, not. Not only would she feel like a piece of wood or whatever, yeah, she's she would not, be twenty pounds. Yeah, she's not and limp. People, people weigh more like, than that. <laughs> yeah, and she'd just be. St- I mean, obviously. If the, it's just crazy, and like not the fact he doesn't like grab her immediately. Oh, what am I doing? He takes it all the way out of the building, and, and then says even we still have thinks one. that he, like, oh. I guess he is a bad fireman, and also just a really stupid. Yeah. Um, but he, so yeah, he gets reassigned to the investigative unit because Swayzak assigns him there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Swayzak thinks he could control this guy. Mm, you can't control Billy Baldwin. Nobody can. He's the wind. Nobody <laughs> He's gets too him. untalented to be no, controlled. You can't tame the wind. <laughs> um. And yeah, I mean that's like. But then yeah, so he he teams up with Robert De Niro, and that's to all of our benefit because mm-hmm. now we get to hang out with her. And Robert De Niro almost feels like clo- the clo- really more like the actual lead of this movie. He's the one who's it's, like, yeah, it's him. It's between him and Russell. Yeah, but he's the one that's trying to solve the murders, uh, and he's smart. I mean, it's fucking De Niro. Yeah, I can I think he's great. This is a yeah, he's great. He's great. Cool. All the fire, and then you know, all the fire scenes are fucking awesome. The stuff with like, like you'll you'll see the fire like slowly retreat. They have all the cool reverse photography too, where it like oh, goes back yeah. inside the rooms and stuff. It's, it really, it's like it's a, awesome. it's like a monster. It's like an animal. Yeah. They love, it's yes, they like making the fire kind of move around and yeah, retracting fire is it's particularly cool. alarming. All the stuff like there's like all the there's like explosions that get stuntmen just like totally caught in them. Lots of shots with the with the actual actors like and the right fire pretty close yeah. to each other, and you're like, damn. Very close. I'm yeah. sure this movie, this movie probably costs so much money. Yeah, and Ron Howard said uh, um, that like at, at this point they were there was um, CGI had there was a little bit of CGI a little bit and that was there. like an option for them to to lean on CGI a little bit and he was in uh, I don't think it would have been that hard a choice to make in 1990 but he's like and then we decided not to do the CGI and the but it would make it real much a lot harder to do the fire effects and I'm glad that we did and I'm like well I'm fucking glad that you did too because <laughs> they can't make fire look realistic even now yeah, with CGI that's true and this is all just undisputably real and it fu- and it, it looks awesome. looks and it always yeah, will it looks so like, good. it'll always be with us just these uh, there's some shots at the end because they really like save. It's it's a real climactic yeah, oh yeah. The fire big, scene. The big at the fire end. at the end is awesome. And there's just shots in it where you're like, holy when shit. When those barrels are exploding and shooting up in the air. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so it's cool. It's quite something. It's a hell of a movie. Great stuff. Even if the rest of the movie was terrible, it would still be an awesome movie because of all the fire stuff. And that's where that's the kind of shit that Ron Howard will do sometimes where I really have to take my hat off for him. Like yeah. this, this in Apollo 13, shooting the stuff in actual zero, mm-hmm. zero gravity. That's comment. fucking crazy, man. Yeah. But boy, you watch it and you're like, I'm so glad that they did that. That yeah. Ron Howard, for some reason, 
really stood up and did the hard, did the difficult thing. Yeah, you can tell like a lot of these fire scenes must like the safety, all the stuntmen required. Just fire, it's like water working with water too. You're just mm-hmm. you're gonna there's gonna be mistakes and accidents and right. stuff like that. Yeah, but it's great. Well, um, then what happens? Well, we get the my favorite scene in the whole movie that doesn't involve fire, and it's uh, is Robert, it, is Robert it when De Niro he goes to the parole hearing. Yep. That's just okay. So let's talk about how ridiculous this, this is. This is insane. I don't know anything about the uh, bureaucracy of parole hearings, but this seems like you can't do this. This seems like you can't do this. I think that this is a. a <laughs> but it also seems like he's been showing up every two years to do this. <laughs> he does it every time. I mean, he's it's he's clearly in violation of this man's civil rights, no matter what. <laughs> and nobody goes like, "Excuse me, sir, who are you? Who yeah. are you?" But like, it's his, they all know him by now. Yeah, it's his. It's freaking Ronald. Ronald. Yeah. Uh, Donald Sutherland's like Canadian. He's a, he's a fire Canadian bug. fire elector, um, and he's 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 committed crimes, but he deserves to have a parole hearing yeah. every. That's how the system works. And De Niro just goes there and like hangs out for a little bit. And I, and I also like how how he absolutely throws this lawyer under the bus because <laughs> one of the lawyers goes, "I've been ha- hanging out with Ronald for like a, a few days, and I have to say I'm a hundred percent sure that this guy is ready to go back out there into the world again." Yeah, she's like, "His progress has been absolutely staggering. He's so great, he's and he's the normal so guy. Insane. He's such a normal, nice guy." And yeah. then De Niro goes, "Excuse me." And like, <laughs> and I walks up to him, and then nobody, no, no, no. nobody goes like, sir, "Sir, who are you? What are you doing? This is not how this works." I, maybe it is. I don't know. But he goes up to him. And he goes, "Ronald, answer a few of my questions." And Ronald's like, "Come on." And Ronald calls him Shadow yeah. because oh. because Ronald got one of his fires got out of control, and Robert De Niro, when he was a fireman, saved him, and that's how he got burned too. Yeah. Um, that's cool stuff. Yeah. Those, are, those are neat details. What a dark nickname to have. And he's like, Ronald, uh, when you get bored, you know, you put matchsticks in uh, telephone receivers, and then, you know, you just call somebody. And he's like, what do you want to do, do with... Uh, or get, he's got a little doll that's all burned up, and he's, like, telling the story about how this girl got burned in the fire. And he's yeah. like, what do you want to do to old ladies, Ronald? What do you want to do? And he's like, uh, burn them. <laughs> burn them. Burn he's them. so good. And he goes, what do you want to do to the world, Ronald? Burn it all. Burn it. But, but, the, but they... But, because he's so Some fucking good. Some men just want to watch the world burn. But he goes, burn it. Burn it all. <laughs> and he kind of like tries to cover it up with like a harmless laugh. And you're like, nah, you can't no. cover that up, buddy. It's so good. But his, his whole performance is like, it's like Lecter if Lecter was like a silly, a, yeah. <laughs> a silly goof. I do, sort of I, I do like that. That like this is like right around the same time as Silence came out too. So it's yeah, sort of like it's the same well, here. They they uh, they just know who each other are. You can tell who the arsonist is just by getting into their head. He loves fire so much. Loves burning old ladies. <laughs> but some and but somehow this lawyer. I, it's really the time that we spend with this Ronald character. It's you're like, how did this lawyer? How did he ever yeah. pretend to be sane? And not a very not a very good doctor. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that's to, to, that's the the highlight non-fire related scene in the whole movie. Uh, it's f- fucking fantastic. Uh, but then we've eventually, I think it's pretty perfunctory that they sort of just get around to solving the murder mystery thing. At one point, they go to J.T. Walsh's house, and it's in the midst, like while they're there, it's De Niro and Billy Baldwin, and he and the the backdrafting murdery stuff is happening right now. Mm-hmm. They 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 intercept it right in the middle, so the gas has been turned on. And then there's like a sparker in the uh, outlet mm-hmm. on the wall, and then like a person whose face we don't see, they tussle with De Niro, and he gets his his shoulder slammed into the uh, outlet, and he yes. gets like shocked and stuff, and then runs off into the night. And this and so it's, they, a, it's important that this happens after Jason Gedrick gets burned in the fire. That's right. He gets goosed. 
And they're not being too stealthy about this because, like, in that scene where Jason Gedrick gets burned in the fire, him and Kurt Russell are running off in one area, and uh, Scott Glenn is going, like, don't go off in that area. Mm -hmm. And Kurt Russell's like, but we're going to. And he's like, ah, fuck. And And they're like, okay, he's the bad guy. And then also after that, when they're in the hospital and Billy Baldwin comes to the hospital to uh, check on his buddy. Yeah. That scene starts on a shot of Scott Glenn, like, with a single tear, like, mournfully drinking a cup of coffee. He and didn't want to hurt anybody. That yeah. Certainly didn't want to hurt a fireman. Right. No, not a fireman. He wanted to hurt a bunch of other people who but were yeah. like, you know. And then he, uh, the the person that they're fighting with gets that electric uh, outlet burned onto their into their back, and then he sees that later in the shower room. Yes, that's the, this immediate flip scene. So Billy Baldwin is starting to suspect Kurt Russell. Kurt why Russell is Billy has, Baldwin going on the fire call with them at the end? Uh, I don't know, but it's not this. In this case, it's not because he was fucking a lady on top of the fire truck, <laughs> right? But that does. Well, happen. in this one, he actually puts on a uniform and goes and fights the fire with them, which doesn't make any sense because he's not. I a think fireman. he's like chasing after. He's chasing after Scott Glenn at this point, yeah. and, and things are all just sort of happening really fast. And so he knows and Scott he, Glenn gets onto yeah. the fire, and so he's going to chase him. He's concerned that Scott Glenn is going to do something to Kurt Russell yeah. too. And he so, also just like is a fire. Is still kind it's of also, a firefighter. He's just got it in his you know blood. what I mean? Like he's just gonna go fight that fire. He's got the fire in his blood. He's uh, half fire. <laughs> he's he got the animal in there. Um, oh, wait, have we talked about the morgue guy, uh, Clint Howard? It's Clint no. Howard. He's so no. good. He's so not good, eating a sandwich. Though. I no. know that's what I wrote. I was like, there's no cigarettes, there's no sandwiches in this morgue scene. You but Clint Howard, one or the other. Clint Howard is is pretty good. He's a good character. Actor. Yeah, he has a scene where he makes uh, Billy Baldwin like pick up a. He's charred like, Come body. On, let's like, go. He says, "What? Well, it's not going to sell you insurance." Yeah, he's he like forces his say. hands inside of the dead body. There's some weird lines in this movie. I'll get to them at the end. Mm. There's one one line in particular where I was just like, "Who fucking wrote that? Mm-hmm. This is crazy." Uh, but anyways, yeah, this this the, the last like actually it goes on after this, but the clima- the climax of the movie is great. But it begins with Billy Baldwin going to <laughs> Kurt Russell's boat. Kurt Russell has this chemical that they know that the culprit trichlorate trichlorate. But of course, we find out that Scott Glenn put it, like, gave it to him. Gave it to him. Because he's trying to frame him up. And so they have this little confrontation where Kurt gets the idea that Billy Baldwin thinks that he did it. And then you kind of think that usually mm-hmm. for this, like, 90 second period of time, you're like, is Kurt Russell the guy? Yeah. Because he picks up the thing and he goes, like, hmm. Yeah. And, then and Billy he's ba- just kind of like a dick. Or, yeah. He's like kind of an asshole. And you know, he's like pretty desperate and sad and so you're yeah. like well maybe he is maybe, like, he maybe is. this is his form of like getting the hero the heroism and like all the attention on him because that's the only thing he can control yeah so it does make sense for a brief moment for he's sure a, he's a drunk he's a hothead and his yeah. marriage is finally his imploded marriage because is he imploded he, he thought he had a shot get back together with his wife that was a really sad scene sad. actually because yeah. yeah. he was having a good time with the, be- his kid. The, the best part of that scene is at the end because then rebecca de mornay is like i don't want him to get confused you know but i can't be with you because you know you're a great firefighter you're an incredible the man best. but but like you're taking too many, taking chances. too many chances. I never know what's gonna happen with you, and he's, so he's like, "All right, fine." And then and then he's leaving, and the the little kid is like, "Mom's crying." <laughs> it's so sad. God. <laughs> he's like, "Buddy, I, I guess I gotta go to work this morning." Yeah. Uh, so maybe he could uh, kill a bunch of bureaucrats that uh, inadvertently uh, killed firemen. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't, and so Billy. The, the, so this happens for like 90 seconds where they're going like, maybe Kurt Russell? And then <coughs> Billy Baldwin goes to the locker room, and he's going to check out Kurt Russell's locker. But while this is happening, he just glances over into the shower, and Scott Glenn's there. Scott Glenn's got the outline, and they're like, well, there you go. Scott mm. Glenn's the guy. And then it, everything happens really fast. Where like like he they kind of stare at each other. Scott Glenn knows that he knows, yeah. and vice versa. And it's like, what's going to happen? The bell rings. They got to get on that. They got to get on a fire truck and go do fireman stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
and uh, and that's where we get this unbelievable. So good. This is incredibly spectacular. People I mean, are hanging off stuff. It's got all the absurdity jumping. too, where they where like they're on. T- it's a chemical fire. There's nobody in this factory. Yeah. It is full. It is going. Yeah. The fucking building is going. It's going. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. But there's a bunch of like firefighters on the roof, and you're like, get off of there! What are you doing up there? What are you doing up there? There's that crazy shot where the roof starts to collapse, and like, it's like chasing the guys I like think running they away. Use computers for that. That's yeah. like one of the only shots so they use CGI. Cool. It's spectacular. I don't know. That looked pretty good. I think it's. Uh, I think it's a prop. Prop uh, uh, floor. Something like that. They, there's bubbling tar on the roof, too. Like that's all cool. these like cool little details. Uh, Billy Baldwin like falls into an elevator shaft that's filling with water. And then oh, there's like man. a torch. This is awesome. It just keeps going. That's and right. Going. And then the gas line starts spewing, like flamethrowering at him it's and shooting stuff. down at him, and the, and the water's bringing him up. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> it's neat. And Kurt Russell has to like jump into it and, and like uh, stop, the, stop the gas. Um, and then at a certain point, they're just like in the middle of the chemical. They really shouldn't have gotten in in the first place. Yep. I think that's one that you just got to let it burn down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just like the whole fucking thing is on fire. It's so cool. And there's like rickety, um, like scaffolding, rickety and... scaffolding that people are on. And this is where we get the Yugo Wego stuff. Yeah, because because they they they're gonna fall into the fire, and Kurt Russell is like holding on to the to the scaffolding, and he's holding on to Scott Glenn's hand, and he's like, "Come on, let me let me save you." And he's confronted Scott Glenn yeah. about the uh, murdering that he's done, and Scott Glenn at this point, it looks like they're going to have a knife fight on a yeah. gangplank in the middle of a chemical fire, and unfortunately, that doesn't happen. But whatever, uh, <laughs> that would have been, been cool. I didn't really remember, and I was like, "Are they going to have an axe fight?" Well, and then he Scott Glenn just kind of like breaks down and crumples to the floor, and we're like, "Okay." Uh, but then, then he's like dangling off of the thing, and Kurt Russell's like, "You go, we go." They both drop at the same time, yep. and now it's Billy but Baldwin's Kurt time. Kurt Russell like doesn't fall into the fire; he lands on a piece on of the scaffolding. Second gets a yeah. like the gnarly second. wound. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, it looks gross, nasty. And so Billy Baldwin has to like stop the fire to give him time for the other people to show up and save him. Yeah. And this is where he's like, this is, uh, "There's a shot where it's from." Um, the back, and it's from what what Billy Baldwin's seeing, and you see the fire just fill up. Yeah. Maybe they use some sort of force perspective, or there's a special effect, but it's just terrifying. It's and so it's cool. It's fucking awesome. Uh, and then Billy Baldwin has to grab a flailing um, a fire hose, like Mr. Burns, and unfortunately he doesn't flail around no, with it afterwards after he that. grabs it. But uh, and like while this is happening, Kurt Russell's looking at him, going like, "That's my brother. He <laughs> finally became a good fireman." Now he's good at firemaning. Yep. And so that's that completes that arc. They eventually get him out of there, and he dies in the ambulance. He dies in the ambulance, yeah. All right. But the fire didn't get him. No. And he says that. That's like one of his last words, too. Fire didn't get me. The, no, the wound. The I mean, the fire kind of fire kind of indirectly got Did you. Kill you, that I guy. No, I didn't kill him. The bullets in the, the fall bullets. killed him. It is kind of like that. Like I think the fire kind of got you, dude. <clears throat> Whatever. You didn't burn to death. Yeah. I'll give you that. And then it, c- it does go on for another like fucking. 10 well, there's a, there's the 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 funeral. Yeah. Oh, the funeral's so cool. Okay, so earlier I mentioned that I think Rebecca De Mornay is like the stealth MVP of this movie. The shot of her almost crying under the umbrella. When she's walking, she's great. and she's great, and like, it's easy for her. It's easy to do like I'm sad because my husband is dead. There's relief on her face. Yeah. It's intense. The thing that I've been worrying about. Well, it happened. 
It's over. And now it's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really intense. I think that she's a tremendous sort of closure, actress, yeah. period, and she's just wildly underrated. We've all talked about how amazing she is in The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. One of the patron saints of the podcast, of Absolutely. course. Uh, mm-hmm. Scandal? What, what, no, what's the Sidney Lumet Guilty one? As Guilty as Sin. That she's movie is so rules. good. Emily, have you seen that? Mm-mm. You should watch but that I movie. I do love her in Risky Business. Yeah. Oh, so good. You should see Guilty as Sin. That's really fun. Okay. When you, We used to record this in my basement in Ballard. I had a little picture of Rebecca DeMornay. That's true, you did. She was our patron saint. Uh, but she's great, and this is this is a weird way to use her. Like, I yeah. got I got someone to play just this pr- fairly thankless just wife role. Yeah. Rebecca DeMornay? Good like, for her. I, okay. Good for her. I'm, I'm glad they got... They, I'm just saying, she's... Glad sw- she got paid. Way better than... She's better than, than this. That, yeah. But, okay. She should have played the Billy Baldwin part. Absolutely. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, and then it goes on. Lady, and then Lady we, Firebusters? Sure. Lady Firebusters. <laughs> no, they'll be too mad about it. That's true. <laughs> and we're treated to another Bruce Hornsby in the Rain song. Yeah. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> as the, as the, I, I was disappointed because there's this long shot at the end of the movie um, <clears throat> of, because Billy Baldwin goes back to being a fireman, and there's like a probie in the truck with him who's like on his first fire, and he's looking all nervous. Oh, and I, Billy Baldwin's like, this. Billy Baldwin's kind of like, I, I, oh, you're putting I'm it the old on wrong. Now. Yeah, yeah. He's like putting his jacket on wrong, and Billy. Oh my god, I thought it was way too corny. I but, couldn't uh, handle but it. But then there's this long shot of the fire truck going down the road, and like you're waiting. I'm waiting for the camera to pan up and see the skyline, and there's a fire in the distance. But no, there's no fire. There's a little fire. You can see some smoke. That's going not over good there. enough. No, it should be a raging. <laughs> it's not and fr- good it enough. It should be like what? Ha- what's happening Another, in Chicago? Because apparently there's a warehouse blowing up every 20 minutes in this town. <laughs> it's like blown away. Where you're like, remember I'm blown away how there's a bomb scare every fucking every day? Every fucking day? Jeez. It's crazy. What is with Chicago? Ugh. Uh, yeah, this is, there's a, we forgot to mention Ronald comes back, and this is where it's really explicitly Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is Billy. Billy and Baldwin. he's got the Life magazine with him, too. Oh, yeah. I sent away for this. You let, they let him that's do that? So okay. lectory, too. Yeah, that's weird. But he <laughs> so does. Lectory. But he you, does. You like, would think that the police psychiatrist or whatever who's like saying he's made such good progress would be like, why is he buying this famous photo of a fireman's son? Who just died? It's like that's not that's not sound. But it's like in it's Silence of the Lambs where he goes like son of a bitch ordered lamb chops. Yeah, like right. He's obsessed with it. He's obsessed with Billy Baldwin because he's seen the animal. Yeah. And this is what he how he says. And this is just hundred percent Silence of the Lambs, which is crazy. It's the same year. He's like you've come to pick Ronald's brains because nobody knows the animal like Ronald. He speaks in the third person. Uh, I've been wanting to start doing that, by the way. And they do like a quid pro quo. You mean quote Matt thing. has been wanting to do that? Matt's been wanting to speak in the third person. That's what you would say. <laughs> well, see, I, that's that's the problem is I'm not very good at it's it yet. Trouble. Just take practice. Yeah, you're really fucking up every yeah, time you I open your mouth. I can't. <laughs> shit. <laughs> but it's like total quid pro quo type stuff where yeah. he's going like, tell me how it felt, Billy Baldwin. Oh, I see so much behind those eyes of yours. And you're like, no, you don't. Did you Ugh. hear the fire scream? He's like, did it look at you? Has the, the fire, fire stopped framing? Did it look at you? Did the fire look at you? The baby looked at you? And he's like, it did. I can tell you've looked in the eye of the fire. And you're like, oh my God. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. He looks like a giant mouse in this movie, too. <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> see that. I don't know why, but I can see it. Oh, I, I want to get to that line that I was telling you about. Mm. And they repeat it uh, towards the end. This is J.T. Walsh. And I oh, yeah, the, your uh, career dissipation light. Oh, who I, I, who wrote this? The, uh, who wrote this movie? Do you Gre- know Gregory White, most well known for creating Highlander? That's right. Uh, that that kind of tracks. This is insane. This is J.T. Walsh. I think he's coming up to Kurt Russell because they yes. hate each other. 
And he's like, you know that little glow that's starting to blink in the corner of your eye? It's like, no. Huh? What? That's your career dissipation light. It just went into overtime. What? <laughs> cool, dude. <laughs> what? That's not, it sounds like something that someone is in their head. They're like, this is going to sound fucking cool. And then they go to say it, and it like comes out wrong. And they're like, I don't know. Why. Jerk, like, it's, you just pretend that you said something it's total, cool. It's total jerk store. Yeah. It's absolutely jerk, jerk store. Jerk out of you. But then they repeat it again at the end, and he like says it back to him. Yeah. Billy Baldwin says it to him later. <laughs> cool callback to our favorite line of the movie. What? Your career dissipation. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't it have been funny if in both of those scenes, a third party was there? Doesn't have to be the same guy in each scene, but a third party was there and goes, what? <laughs> Pardon me? That, the whole thing It's that Eddie Griffin, and then he so disappears. Weird. Uh, come on, you sneaky son of a bitch. Tell me where you came from. That's someone talking to fire. <laughs> I love that sort of stuff. They hate fire so much. I always wanted it to be like, oh, if they could have just gone a little, and it wouldn't be that much farther than what they already do. But like the scene at the end mm-hmm. should be like, like Billy Baldwin sees the fire in the factory and he's like, that's the fire that killed my father. <laughs> it's the same fire. Like the fire's back. That would have been amazing. Just do stuff like that. Or like they find Fire's apartment and Fire's been writing in a notebook and it's all madness and stuff like that. Just like do Fire as an enemy, like fully committed to it. Um, but they don't it's go It's just that far. you and me now, Fire. <laughs> yeah. The Fire kind of screams sometimes. It's, it's true. Like, it makes animal noises. <laughs> I think that's cool. It's great. Uh... <laughs> you're trying to set this building on fire, isn't it? Isn't that what you're doing, you, you son, son of a bitch? bitch. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Uh, ratings. I'm going to give this three and a half bordering on four juds. Yes. I think it's probably, I think I'm just going to go four juds. Because mm-hmm. this fucking rips. Mm-hmm. I just get rips. I don't care how dumb it is. I just don't care. I don't care about the boring parts. No. It's fucking awesome. I watched it. I've probably seen this movie thirty times over the course of my life. If it's if it's on, I will watch it. Yeah, I remember. The, the as well, la- you should. The last time I saw this before before this weekend was I was in I was in Austin for Fantastic Fest. I was staying with our good buddy Will Goss, and I got home from Fantastic Fest that night, and he would already, he was already home, and he was like forty minutes into Backdraft, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm, I guess we're watching Backdraft now. Anyway, um, so yeah, four Juds. Uh, I'm going to give it like half a Douglas for the... Uh, Show me your fire truck. Yeah. The semi-infamous. Terrible. Uh, and I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 exploding barrels shooting into the air. So cool. Yeah. Replicated very well at mm-hmm. the Universal Studios that is unfortunately <sighs> gone now. Yeah. But I, I, went, I went on that thing probably like nine times. So, so cool. I, <laughs> I feel like I had my fill. Uh, I'm giving it four. I'm going four. Yeah. I was just... I mean, there's some some of the dumbest stuff you'll ever see, and Billy Baldwin, I think, is just fucking sucks in it, and he's the main character, so that tells you how awesome the rest of it is. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about how Kurt Russell's name is Steven, and I thought that that was a nice touch, because Billy's brother's name is Steven, too. Oh, okay. There, that made it. That you probably need it. You're going to have to have his name be one of my brother's names, yeah. otherwise I can't Otherwise, do I don't know. I can't get into character. I'm Billy Baldwin. I work really hard at this shit. Just don't give him Daniel. Don't give him Daniel. I don't no, like no, Daniel. No, we, we don't get along. <laughs> I like Steven somehow more than that guy. Um, yeah, I'll give it. Yeah, four j- judge. It's just fucking rules. And the, the, the fire. Some of the fire scenes are, are really like. Yeah. I don't know. It's just special because you'll never see anything like it ever again. And you really didn't see stuff like it at the time. It's pretty unique. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it one, one, one half Douglas. For there is a sex scene in it. But you don't you don't see much or anything. She does say, "Show me your fire truck," which is very <sighs> stupid. Um, and 
I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 animals. <laughs> animals. You saw the animal, didn't you? You know what it's all about? A boot? I'm going to give it four Judds. Yes. Because this movie fucking rules. And I was just, I was kind of, uh, I was like, oh, man, I have to watch this movie. I had just kind of start it late at night. But I was just like fucking into it from start to finish. And mm. I was like, yes, this movie fucking slaps. I'm giving it zero Douglases, maybe 0.5. I don't know, you guys. It just wasn't. It's not what it was about. This movie's not about being horny. It's about fighting fires. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 crispy dad helmets. <laughs> crispy dead <laughs> dad helmets. They should have some tremors brains yeah. in them, but they yeah. don't. What are you going to do? All right. Oh, now we're into let's, the, let's the, the doldrums. <laughs> now we're into the dregs. Let's burn through this last one. Uh, oh. This is a little movie. We're going to have to look up the director's name because he didn't do anything Demian else. Lichtenstein. Demi Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein or Steen. Uh, he made, I think, one music video, <clears throat> and he made one movie. I can't remember what it's called. That nobody saw. Yeah, or I didn't was write good. anything down because I just didn't recognize. And then anything. someone gave him fifty million dollars to make a movie that stars. I wonder Kevin how. Costner and Kurt. I don't know. I could find no information about this. I movie. wonder how this hap- How this movie happened? It's the kind of movie where you're like, what happened? You ready to play? Always ready to play. Good. The Riviera Hotel and Casino, and it's International Elvis Week. It was a night. The king may have left the building. I don't know what the big deal is. That porker's been dead for 20 years now. But two guys have come to steal the show. Hey, man. Try to think of us as the Osmonds, only we don't Ow. get along. One's got his style. Hey, Elvis, you look great. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. The other has his attitude. No time, no see. I'm your partner. Sometimes I actually think you believe you're the king himself. In the flesh. You stole my car, you stole my money. You're so paranoid. Damn it, you almost hit me. Are you nuts? Probably. How? Maybe everyone got drunk one night and then was like, you guys want to make this movie? And then they just did. But why? But like, how but did this guy who how? hadn't done anything? You could see like some like he probably seasoned has a director. Friend. Yeah, maybe he's somebody's kid. I could find no information about somebody's him on IMDb baby. or Wiki. If anybody knows like how this guy was given. This is a big Demian. budget movie and has a bunch of stars in it and stuff like that. And some beautiful Scorpion CGI. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, that's the, you gotta hand it to the, the movie. It does tell you to watch out in the very beginning. From the very beginning, it's like, here you go, buddy, this is gonna suck. But also, yeah, the cast is pretty insane. Also the costuming, there's a lot of just like razzle-dazzle Elvis impersonation costumes. It's one of the, it's Tarantino. It's Tarantino fallout oh, shit. God. What year it's was so this It's so edgy. It's 2001. 2001. It's, it's one of those. So what I thought, this movie reminded me of the vibe. If you picture, if you will, the vibe of uh, those commercials that are like, you wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't steal a handbag. Why would you steal a DVD? That's like the same. It just has that energy. That's how cool this movie is. The movie sounds and looks like those commercials. We have We have tilty. Sh- camera shots everywhere. We have just like a high powered dun, 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 yeah, music terrible, all the time. Terrible score. Of the s- contrast. Like 50 songs in it. The contrast is turned way up. Everything is really. Hyperkinetic editing. Yeah. It's t- awful. 
everyone's really like, mm. <laughs> like everybody just thinks smarmy. They're like, being real sweary and edgy, but none of it's funny or David Arquette. Like it's very telling douchey. shitty jokes. Yeah, I'll tell mostly the David Arquette jokes and shit. But like, but before we even get to that, the movie gives you a real heads up that you are not going to be watching a good movie during the opening with credits. This sequence. thoroughly bizarre, and it kind of looks also a little bit like um, that period, like Natural Born Killers period. Uh, oh Oliver yeah. Stone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're gonna do like sped up film. But not nearly and as cool. Filters. No, no, it's not even fucking close. No. Because this guy's not very good at all. I don't know where he came from or why he was allowed to make this movie. Uh, this guy probably wa- liked to play a lot of video games. Yeah, I don't know. They gave him $50, 000, $50 million. So the it. intro of this movie, the opening credit sequence, where we are we are bearing witness to <laughs> the spectacle these large well they're not large but no. the, they make them look large because of the camera angle of these cgi scorpions fighting they look like like transformers it's the worst thing i've ever seen they look CGI, like video game cgi was not this bad in 2001 actually cgi was not this bad in like 1990 they spent all the rest of their money getting the cast it, and the rhinestones on the jumpsuits it's like one person Animated this, and he did it in a day. And they did it up. They're like, wait, can we add, can we add my? F- you know, you know how I like to make those CGI scorpions on my computer. Can we add them to the movie? You think? <sighs> this is <It's> crazy. <laughs> and they're like, I can't overstate. Demian's like, sure. I think this is my one shot at making a movie like this. So just toss it in. I'll post a video of it, of course. Oh but yeah. Like you, like you, whatever you're imagining. If you haven't seen this before, it's way worse. It's one of those things too, because like you know, you hear about the premise of this movie. Maybe you saw a trailer, and you're like, oh, I like a lot of these guys. This yeah. will be fun. Elvis is stealing money. Okay. Sure. And then the credits the credits start and you're like, oh no. Yeah. I mean it warns you. Just instantaneously like this yeah. is gonna be really yeah. bad. Uh and it's and it's like sub it's new metal throughout the whole movie, and it's but two it's two hours not, and but eight it's minutes. like no Ugh. there's no stained or any band that you've heard of. It's like there's like a couple songs where it's from bands that you've heard of, but it's oh, Uncle Cracker at the end. Uh, there's two Uncle Cracker songs. <laughs> Uncle Cracker. Also, it is to be noted that Backdraft was two hours and fifteen minutes. Fucking flew. This three thousand three thousand M two G, as I like to call it. Three K M two G. Three K M two G was two hours and like eight minutes, and it felt like seven hours long. It's, it felt like I was trapped. It's got to be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's unforgivable that this movie's over. I mean, it's frankly unforgivable that this movie exists. But two hours and five minutes, or whatever mm. it is, you can't. You what are you? Why? What is happening? I start, I'm starting to think this Damien Lichtenstein might not be the most talented director of all time. Mm. Sounds fake. Di- Doesn't sound like a real name. The other, it, the it thing, might not be. Like, in addition to it being like a total waste of the, the, a lot of these talented actors, uh, like, why is so much of this movie spent in the company of fucking Courtney Cox, who just is like soul-suckingly bad in this movie? Let's go over the cast. Let's talk about who's in this. We will obviously we have Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell, Kevin Costner, Bokeem Woodbine, Woodbine, Christian Slater, David Arquette, David Arquette. Bokeem Woodbine is doing the voice that he does on that season of Fargo that he's on too. Uh, <laughs> I like Bokeem Woodbine, but he's not in it for long. No, Slater. Christian Slater. Fucking Slater. Slater, briefly. Yeah. Uh, briefly. Courtney Cox. Some some, some dumbass kid, kid. Some dumbass kid. Uh, Is this where Courtney Cox and David Arquette met? No. No, that they was Scream. Oh, Scream. Oh, that's right. right Come on. I don't know. Jesus Christ. Rookie. <laughs> rookie mistake. <laughs> rookie. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, 
Yeah, she she met him here and instantly <laughs> fell in love with how charming she he is in Three Thousand Miles to Graceland. He's got those great jokes. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church and Kevin Pollock as completely extraneous FBI guys. Like they're trying to they're they're and it's like they're having a competition to see who can be more boring and bored in the movie. Very strange. And like by the time you get to the end, you're like, isn't this over yet? No, because now Howie Long and Ice T show up for some reason. <laughs> Ice T. Yeah. And then the way Ice T dies in this spoiler alert uh is fucking insane and bizarre what but at least fuck is going on but in at this, least though? like and i because i was saying before we started recording that like you, you can see on my letterbox like the review that i wrote i watched this like two years ago and was like this is the piece of shit but like whoa what a bunch of stupid nonsense i was, it was fun and i was like watching it the second time i was just <laughs> not fun. i did not have that <laughs> there's like maybe a couple parts where you go well, this is crazy but most it's really boring and then well it's really boring because they're like endless weird montages and like attempts to be stylish like did you okay so the plot of this movie let's let's just cut to the chase the plot of this movie is kurt russell is just out of prison he's been paroled he is teaming up with his old buddy who not really a buddy sort of professional buddy Mm -hmm. and kurt uh, uh uh murph and that's Kevin Costner. So Mr. Blonde kind of guy. Yeah, and they're going to, along with three other dudes, they're going to pretend to be Elvis impersonators. Because they do all love Elvis. They do all love Elvis, and they're going to knock over a casino during an Elvis impersonator convention. Yeah. <laughs> um, fine. Sure, that sounds like a movie. Uh, and then, but like, there's this, there's this amazingly terrible montage when they're all like walking down the hall at the casino, and like Viva Las Vegas is some shitty cover of Viva Las Vegas is playing, and like, there's all these shots of like the Vegas Strip, mm. and like the casino floor. It's like two minutes of just that shit. It's tons of and stuff that like that where you're like all through the movie. Get it out of there. This movie's over two hours long. Cut. Get cut, it cut, out. Cut. Cut it out. Cut it all out. Uh, Why are we adding more flourishes to this? It's crazy. And it's also weird because like the there's a there's like the big casino heist where they just walk into the count room and steal the money. The plan seems to be huge guns. The plan and seems to be there's a bunch be, of elevator scenes. Go too. in, yeah. steal the money, and then blast your way out. That's like as Not far a, as, as well, far well, as they dressed in out. like really flashy Elvis clothes. Yeah. But we'll be dressed as Elvis, so that's so. That's how, we'll, that's how we'll get into so, the did casino. Did you notice that there was no, <laughs> no Wait, security? Wait, you don't have to do that. <laughs> okay. No security whatsoever at the count room? And then all, it, so there's no I've security. I've seen enough movies to know that uh, it's a lot harder to steal from a casino yeah, than unless, that. Unless you're the mob. Yeah. yeah. It's pointed out in the, the movie in Ocean's Eleven that it, it's very hard to um, steal money from a casino. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, people kept trying. Th- there, there was three times, according to yeah. Elliot Gould, where that's people right. tried to steal but in this case, uh, they I guess, I, I mean, it's a very stupid movie. They, 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 these people didn't think it out because, you know, the people making the movie didn't, didn't want to think, think about, about it this either. sort of thing. So they go in, they they do this whole heist thing to steal money from the casino, and one of their one of the guys gets shot. Bokeem Woodbine. He dies. And he's like mowing, he's also, before he dies, is mowing down like innocent people. I think the, the death toll in this heist scene is probably something like 70 or 80 people. But it's, it's like, mostly it's guards. intercut with them like riding the elevator and like flirting with old ladies and stuff. And once the bu- bullets start flying, they intercut. They co- constantly intercut this with the sh- shots of like showgirls dancing and Elvis impersonators. And you're like, it's not clever. This is not. Nobody thinks this lot. is cool this is or clever that you're doing this, but they just do it. It just goes on and on. And this like escape gun battle scene. Is like you know I love scenes in movies where people where there's gun sh- fights and you're like making me hate it. And then there's a, hel- my a nose helicopter picks them up at the end. 
Yeah, the helicopter picks them up. And then uh, Did you notice that in both of the big uh, sort of shootouts in this movie, it's kind of it, the movie kind of thinks it's cool that all these cops in, are just getting murdered. Yeah. And security guys and stuff. It's terrible. There's no security guys, but then once they've stolen the thing, a, a good 80 or 90 security guys just sort of show up to just get mowed down. Uh, and but then at a certain point they're also just mowing down uh, like just ladies and whoever. Yeah. And then, but it's also kind of like by that point, you're like, why hasn't anybody ran? This gunfight has been going on for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Why are you still at the fucking slot machine? It's very yeah. weird. It's crazy. I mean, it's just a, it's a very bad movie. Um, but we, we get this over with. This is supposedly a set piece. It's very tedious. And then we get to the scene where everybody's like gathered together. At some d- shitty yeah. motel or the something. Spoils. They're arguing about what they should do with the extra money that they now have because the guy died. And especially Christian Slater's like upset about it. Or they something. want to whack up his share too. Mm-hmm. But Costner's like the calm, cool, and collected leader, and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot you, and he kills Christian Slater. Yeah, Christian Slater's like, I feel like we need to further the plot along, so I'm going to complain about my cut of the money and pull my oh. gun out because oh. this needs to happen. Before that, we I guess we forgot about Kurt Russell yeah. and Courtney Cox. Yeah, yeah. That's he the ends beginning. up he ends up at this motel. Uh, and Courtney Cox is there. She's a single mom with her kid, and she goes for a drink with him, and they're all kind of flirty and whatever, and they end up uh, banging in the motel room in a really, really, in a really just, like, cringy, terrible They're really scene. trying to make it, f- like, fun, like funny. And, and also, the- Kurt Russell is, like, not charming in this. He's he's really an asshole in this. He's not likable. I This is one of my least favorite Kurt Russell roles ever. But that's like the what the what they make the subtext text by the end of the movie where Costner's are like just because you're not as bad a guy as I am yeah. doesn't mean you're not a bad guy because yeah, like, that's like how it's kind of presented guy. is that he's a bad guy but Kurt Russell's way worse or sorry uh, Kevin Costner's because Kevin Costner is a fucking full psychopath right uh, but yes <clears> the, se- the sex scenes really give you an idea of kind of like what the tone of the movie is because it's just sort of like just really ride him and be really loud but nobody's naked or anything like that <laughs> and the position is stupid. And and then, like, the kid's, like, watching, and you're the like... The kid's crawling ah, on the floor ah, to go steal, because he's a thief, and he always steals wallets. He's a sneako creepo. He's a sneako creepo. They're kind of a con... The, the mom, the Courtney Cox and her kid are kind of like a con <laughs> To be a sneako creepo character in a Snoroboro movie. Oof. It's really lame. It's a death sentence, really. It's the kind of movie that has no You don't see this kid doing Little Nemo voiceovers. Yeah. No. <laughs> the kid was fine. Uh, but this is the kind of Fuck movie that, that has, kid. like, no nudity, but, like, any scene that there's a woman in it, the camera will drift and drift to her butt. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, just Hey, right, right, fellas. Right, guys. We're so all guys this here. Is serious Tarantino knockoff territory. It's very bad. One it's a of the scene worst. where she, Courtney Cox is getting up to like retrieve uh, his because the kid has stolen his wallet and she keeps getting up on this ladder and then the camera will go onto her oh. butt because Kurt, Kurt Russell's looking at her butt and then she's like, "There you go." And he's like, "Actually, I think there's something up there, another thing up there." And she gets back on the ladder and it goes boom. Like Jesus, can we cut? All of this stuff. So cut, bad. cut, cut, guys. Come on. Um, so here's a couple of yeah. here's a couple of the um, Arquette jokes. Oh boy. Oh yeah, in the car. I would kill myself if I was stuck in that car. Also a very good example of the tone that this movie is striking and the kind of like Tarantino like utter failure at understanding the yeah. appeal of Tarantino. What's the smartest thing ever to come out of a bitch's mouth? Jeez. And then he goes, Einstein's cock. What? Great. Okay. Uh, what's mm. the best thing about dating homeless girls? You can drop them off anywhere. So good. Uh, I hated this. And it, it sucks because I love David Arquette. It sucks seeing people I love be so shitty in movies. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, but that's the, that's what the movie's like. And there's two over two hours of it. Boy, oh, boy. So Kevin Costner's like, okay, we're going to get rid of Christian Slater's body. Let's uh, go out behind the motel here, you guys. Let's go. Bang, <laughs> bang, bang. Kills and then everybody. he shoots everybody else, including Kurt Russell. But, of course, Kurt Russell's wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah. And, he, and the kids saw him hide the money. Yeah. His his cut of the money anyway, or no, all the money. I think all the, all the I think money. it's all the money because and, yeah. yeah. And then he steals the money with Cor- but Courtney Cox doesn't know that he's stolen the money, right? Uh, the maybe. No, I it's think she's fully, in on it because yeah. she's a little bit of a con. I think she because the her kid son. couldn't have lifted that whole bag. Yeah, up to there right, all, right, 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 right. These are details we can't. Get so they're they're all three like <clears throat> Courtney Cox and Kurt Russell and the kid are all on the run and they stop by this diner. Mm-hmm. And Courtney's like super in love with Kurt Russell, but also like knows about the money. And uh, Kurt Russell like flirts with the waitress, and then Courtney Cox is like, one second, I'll be right back. And creates a diversion where the waitress brings a birthday cake and starts singing happy birthday. But turns out Courtney Cox is stealing the car with all the money in it and ditches her kid with Kurt Russell. And so for a lot of this movie, there's this Kurt Russell and this kid, uh, this kid's named Jesse James. Yeah, um, he's got his little fake guns. Yeah, this is what the kid says to Kurt Russell when she's like in, in the midst of doing her little scheme. My mom's jealous of that waitress because she's got bigger boobs than my mom. You like bigger boobs? <laughs> this kid possibly wrote the movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then she and then she abandons she abandons her boy. Is this trying to do like she a hateful eight thing where like everybody's bad? Because oh, it's I think not so. working. I think that that's the spirit. Is like we we're like it's time to root for the anti-heroes. God, this movie's annoying thing. even to talk about. I like really, hated it. I know it's it really, really sucked. Bad. It's a terrible movie. It's one of the worst so ones we've ever done. The middle the middle of the movie the the beef the meat and potatoes if you will is uh, Kevin Costner kind of cat and mouse chasing Kurt Russell. Who's, on, who is on. also chasing Courtney Cox to get the money? Yeah. Courtney Cox, however, has to launder this money, and the way she launders it is to go to old John Lovitz's John Lovitz. money money old money John laundering Lovitz. museum of Jealous? oddities. And also, Hello. and also, Thomas Hayden Church and Kevin <laughs> Pollock are trying to find out who robbed the casino, and they're very boring. But they don't do anything except have scenes where they talk, and then they talk about boobs they at one point too. They say basically the same thing. They're like, "Do you like big boobs or bigger boobs?" That is exactly what. God, I straight up hate the dialogue this, in this here's, movie. Here's the, here's the exact dialogue, just so we know. Thomas Hayden Church, do you like women with large breasts or women with huge breasts? And oh. Kevin Pollock, I'm gonna go with huge to block. Good one. Great. <laughs> Great. Thanks a lot. Whatever the guy's name is, I've already forgotten who <sighs> made this movie. Uh, but yeah, the, like the the whole, most of this movie is just, I mean, so tediously boring. It's just like road trip bullshit. And then there's even like heart. Ugh. They have the temerity to like inject heart and like suggest that there's like real affection between some kind of Courtney emotional Cox connection going and then on. The, and then uh, and the Kurt Russell and the kid. And there's like they get oh. matching hats at one point. Courtney Cox has to like okay. cry really hard, and and it's sincere too. And you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you don't have, you don't show me those scorpions and then get to show, like have like real emotions. <laughs> you can't show in your movie. Me you don't scorpions. get to do that. Uh, uh, but yes, they go to, uh, they go to John Lovitz. Well, Courtney Cox finds out that that's the money launderer, so she goes to launder the money and like, cause, and uses like the code phrase that she heard Kurt Russell use, which is uh, cleanliness, cleanliness is, is next, next to, to godliness. godliness. Yes, and John Lovitz is the money launderer, Mr. Peterson. But before she gets there, Murph gets there, and and uh, uh, 
kills John Lovitz and yeah, he's, pretends and, to and be John the money Lovitz's launderer. girlfriend. Yes. He's a real psycho. And then, uh, so that he's, he's a pretty good bad guy. Yes. I think Kevin Costner is like fine in it. Yeah, he's a pretty good bad guy. This he seemed to really want to play a bad guy, and then he does a pretty good yeah, job. Yeah, he's pretty evil. And then she gets to the she gets to Kevin Costner, and like then what happens? It's all road trippy stuff. I mean, there's only like little details that are worth mentioning. It's all like going to a place to get the money laundered, and then leave the country after that. And these are the steps. And uh, they wind up in the Pacific Northwest. They end up in Mount Vernon. Well, yeah. here's the thing: uh, Kevin Costner gets the kid at one point. Right. Yeah, Kevin Costner gets and the, and the, the kid. girl and locks Courtney Cox in the trunk. I think that the the best slash worst part of the whole movie is Kevin Costner at one point is getting a ride from an old man who oh, is yeah. a fan is of a, a sports team called the Wombats. And this is also like really fucked up because it's like a nice old man. And yeah, Ke- and he's and just Kevin Costner straight up murder. He's basically Anton Chigurh. Yeah. He's like an all American Anton Chigurh. But at one point, uh, so he dresses oh, up with mutton chops. With mut- yeah, he does have the Elvis because he's possibly Elvis's actual child. Right. Oh That's yeah, there's fun. that whole Another thing they tried detail. to cram in there. But he's now dressed up. He like they do the straight up thing where he like punches the guy and then immediately has like his costume, has his clothes on. So Kevin Costner's dressed up in all this silly. He's in this silly van in mm. this silly like wombats stuff, and he's and he's got like face paint on. I'm gonna share this online too. Uh, but like a cop is doing a a, a road check, to, you know, looking for him basically. But he's got a new disguise on, yeah. And he's pretending to be like a drunk fan essentially. And he <laughs> goes, "Hey, hey, I got a new one for you: pork chop, pork chop, greasy, greasy. We beat their fucking team. Easy, easy. <laughs> go so wombats." So and then the weird. guy goes, "You can go." You fucking <laughs> You're psycho. clearly drunk. He like so has all the face paint on and everything it's, too. It's really lo- <laughs> pretty undignified for old Kevin Costner. <laughs> I have to say, but I'll, I'll put it up there. It's oh, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty shocking. Um, they eventually, but they do get to Mount Vernon, and that's where it all. Yeah, that's where the climactic course, scene comes back comes together, and uh, and then we get back to the TDs <laughs> action. Yeah, there's so either tedious road trip stuff or tedious action. They're trying to get the money. All of them are trying to get the money and but he's also trying to kill Courtney Cox and the kid and Carl's is like, "Wait, I like these guys actually. I need the money." And then Yeah, Kurt, uh yeah, Kevin Costner <laughs> even has a brief moment where he kind of has a semi-redemption sort of thing where he's like, "I'm not going to make it, but kid, take the money and get away and I'll cover you." And yeah. you're like, "Oh, whatever." <laughs> But it's in this like big like logging warehouse sort of building. Yeah. Another place, very Pacific pla- Northwest. Very Pacific Northwest version of yeah. you know the warehouse action scene, and Ice T's there, and I, Howie no, Long. I, Howie Long was at least earlier was like, at least in the movie earlier on, but yeah. now Ice T's there. I mean, Ice T. Did you did you notice the number of times where like they're they're like okay here's the money okay take the kid. Well, you could have made this easy. Wait, we just did make it easy. Now, yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> and then there's no a big shootout this. with Kevin Pollock and Thomas Hayden Church. And there's a weird part where Ice T is like twirling this in the air so from suspended from a cable. Weird. It's so weird. <laughs> oh, we forgot. Oh, we forgot about how like they do the money exchange, and then one of that, that pesky CGI scorpions inside the money oh, bag yeah. and bites Costner. Back. And it has nothing to do with anything. Stings no. Costner on. Costner's scorpion tattoo. Yes. And it doesn't like poison him or he just goes like, ow. Yeah, that's <laughs> <the> it. <fuck? laughs> 
<laughs> nothing nothing bad happens at that point from the scorpion bite. It reminds me of that one in The Simpsons where she throws the like smoke pellet down and she's still there. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. That happened. Why not? <laughs> I, I I can't stress enough how strange and indicative of the movie that Ice T like spinning around thing is. It was just an idea that someone wanted to have. They did not find a way to incorporate it organically, and so just in the midst of a gunfight, Ice T is hanging upside down. I don't know who who set him on this path. He's on like some sort of thing that possibly holds logs, but he's yeah. he has two Uzis upside down spinning. Yeah, and he they probably thought like that moving. would look cool. And that presumably they thought it would look cool, but they didn't figure anything else out. And then he just kind of like spins into the scene shooting, and then they just mow him down, and you see him dead hanging there. You're like, oh. It's so weird. There you go. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. There you go. Kevin Costner has a final, you know, like stand against the feds or whoever, and he's like. He gets real shot. Gets blo- shot up and In the bathroom and bloody blood Yeah, everywhere. there's a lot of blood. They're like, oh, wish we were supposed to take him alive, LOL. <laughs> I think somebody like Thomas Hayden Church even goes like, "I'm glad he didn't he didn't you know surrender and he went out like that because he's a warrior or some bullshit like that." Oh, didn't know. Kurt Russell was like, "I'm <laughs> I'm gonna die." He faked his die own f- death again. I'm gonna die f- like getting away, and you're gonna die bloody or something. Yeah. Some weird line like that. And he does. Kurt Russell gets away. He's gonna get married to Courtney Cox and oh, be a they're, father. They're, to on, this they're on this yeah. boat called the Graceland at the end, and, and then, the Uncle Cracker song. But why couldn't? Yeah, the Uncle and, Cracker and, song. And I think you're, I think you're supposed to be like uh, right. slightly moved when the kid dumps his toy guns into the water. You're like, oh, everybody's turning over. Just a made new him lamer. You've got to be kidding. Yeah. Dumber. Come on. So then the Uncle Cracker song it pans out, and then we get a little surprise post movie. Oh, did we? Music? I turned it off. <laughs> music video. You turned it off. Yeah. Oh my God, this might be the. That's I, best part of the whole I think thing? it's the best because I could watch Kurt Russell lip syncing uh, Elvis in a white jumpsuit for yeah we days. Need to, we should I don't think we pointed out yet that Kurt Russell of course played Elvis legit right. in the John Carpenter which is Elvis a, biopic which great. is fucking awesome and he also voices Elvis in uh, something something he's like he's he's, he's an, an Elvis guy long time association with Elvis and he does a great Elvis worked with Elvis as a kid was in uh, Let's All Go to the World's Fair That's it right. happened at the World's Fair happened at the World's Fair and uh, and he's and so he's just in full in his full Elvis outfit and he's just singing an Elvis song with like yep. clips of the movies in the background yeah he looks great he and looks like he's having fun thing. It, it is a fun little like Ugh. tidbit at the end and I was like well I like this I, I like Kurt Russell as Elvis and I can watch him in a jumpsuit you know it's the it's like the ending of There's Something About Mary they did this in movies for right. a long time where they've got um, they're singing along to the song throughout uh, in all the different like settings. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. And David Arquette will be like d- dancing oh, around and he's Elvis. Woodbine. He's the voice of Elvis and Forrest Gump. There you go. Oh shit! Yeah. There you go. So he's an Elvis guy. Uh, he's an Elvis guy. An Elvis man would love it. Um, and this they, they show a whole music video that's worth watching of Kurt Russell. And I, then I don't think it's worth watching. I en- I enjoyed it. I, think I mean it's fun. more than the other stuff in the movie. I think I it's guess, fun. Yeah. And then there's a that, if you have to watch the movie or the little music video, watch the well, music video. Well, of course, yeah. But very very importantly, because Costner needs to get a thing too. He's also a big star. And so after this music video, they have a blooper, one blooper with Kevin Costner, and he I don't is. Think I uh, this. And it's it, it, during the climactic scene, and and he's talking to Kurt Russell. And this is the this is the blooper. Kevin Costner goes, "You're gonna go back to the future," and then everybody laughs. And he's like, oh, "Sorry, what? Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, okay, you're gonna go back to the future, man." Amazing. And everybody's like, "Kevin, you are the funniest. Kevin. You're famously print. Kevin Costner. You are the funniest man who ever lived. Funny Nobody's guy, ever Kevin been Costner. funnier than Kevin Costner." Uh, okay, it's fucking nuts. Uh, what else? 
3KM2G, baby. 3KM2G. We did it. We got through it. We did it. We got all the breast stuff. I got the jokes. And bo- a lot of boob stuff. Uh... Yeah, I don't There's a lot lines of lines like this where, like, y'all federal marshals, well, if we're not, we better give these fuckers back. And you're like, just answer Shut the fucking up. question. Everyone's not an obnoxious dude. Joke. Yeah, and they're all obnoxious in the same way. This is a the, just like some possibly mafia manager guy at the casino. Oh, yeah, the very And they have, there's a bunch of, like, fat Elvis impersonators, yeah. and they're like, when Frank Sinatra was in town, that was better. And they were, we went from rat pack to fat pack. Okay. Nice. <laughs> they were all patting themselves on the back after that one, I'm sure. Um, that's that's good enough. We've 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 done enough. Release us from this pain. <laughs> this movie's done enough, and we've done enough uh, ratings. I'm gonna give this half a Judd. Ooh, damn! It was excruciating to watch. Mm-hmm. Just painful. Two uh, over two hours. And I've seen it before, so I knew it was coming. But it was worse than I remembered. Tough. Yeah, definitely worse the second watch. I Ugh. believe, or like the a repeat viewing makes it worse, not better. Just awful. Uh, I'm going to give it one Douglas for the shitty sex scene with Courtney Cox. Awful. And all the butt shots. There's two of them, actually. Ugh. Yeah. God. (laughs) I hated this movie so much. And I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 twirling iced teas. Nice. That's a good one. You might even call it a twisted tea. (laughs) Woo. There we go. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, half. Half a Judd as well. I mean, it just fucking sucks. It's everything that could possibly be bad about movies. The movie. I can't stress. It is interesting though that Kevin Costner is kind of good in it. Yeah, it's weird. he's good at being a shitty bad guy. <laughs> what in are you it? doing? What? He's uh, unaware of what he'd gotten himself into. Apparently, uh, I'll give it one Douglas. Hey, you know what? Fuck that. Because fuck, I'm giving it zero Douglases. Whoa. Because that wants it. That's what it wants for me. But it's, it wants. <laughs> it's like we're it's exactly what it wants and, you to do. Did, sex and tits and and you're like no, but you didn't do it. Did you, three thousand miles of Grace then look at you? <laughs> you saw it, didn't you? You saw it, didn't you? Yeah. You've seen the animal. Yeah, fuck them. Give them zero Douglases. Uh, they don't deserve it. And then I'm going to give it... Uh, God, you said spinning iced teas. <laughs> Twirling iced teas. 10 out of right. 10 backs to the future. Nice. <laughs> Woof. All so right. funny. I'm going to give it uh, one Judd. I, I liked this movie when I first watched I didn't like it, but I thought this movie was fine upon first viewing. Mm-hmm. And there were a few things that I was like, oh, yeah, like like we said, Kevin Costner as a, as a villain was pretty good, I'd say. And I did think the music video at the end was kind of s- silly fun. And the, the cast is crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, upon watching it again, which I... I already knew I wasn't going to like it when my first reaction to watching it again was like, oh, I don't want to watch this again, even though I apparently thought it was fine before. Same with me. Yeah. And then and then watching it was grueling work and then talking about it was even worse. <laughs> so it went, down, awful. <laughs> it yeah. went down to one chat. Um, I'm going to give it 0.5, a half a Douglas, uh, just for the, the cringy sex scenes. And I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 CGI scorpions. There we go. Oh, I was waiting for someone yeah. to do that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, we really covered it. I mean, we had a four, we had a half a Judd half a Judd and a four Judd four movie. Judd movie. Yeah. Damn. Uh, what yeah. are we doing next? We're going from Kurt to Bert. Kurt We're going Bert. back to Bert. If you remember, we had a great episode earlier this year called I Know Why the Caged Bert Sings. And you guys, that was my basically my introduction to, to Bert. And uh, so I'm really excited to get some more in. So we're yeah. going gonna, we're gonna to go back. This is Caged Bert 2, Burton for a Squirtin'. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> and we're gonna do we're gonna do uh, Let's go. Malone. Yes. We, I wanted to do stick, but then I realized we already did stick. We did stick on the last one. Uh, we're doing Malone, 
Sharky's machine, machine which yeah. is so good. I'm excited. I almost rented that just out of nowhere the other day, so and glad I held off. And the very stupid movie, The Maddening, from the mid-'90s. Cool. Maddening. And Malone has a special history with the podcast because we, uh, one of our uh, friends and listeners, made the Nomi Malone poster, mm-hmm. and I still have it up at work. Wait, who uh, made we'll that? We'll talk about that. Uh, uh, John, uh, I don't recall his. John, last I don't name. recall his. John, last name. Uh, hi, John. Hi, John. Th- thanks again for making that. Uh, I'll I'll share that a picture <coughs> yeah. of that yeah. again when cool. that comes out. But it's awesome. Um, uh, so that's exciting. I don't think any of those are going to be as bad as Three Thousand Miles no, of Graceland. It's gonna be no, no. And Sharky's Machine fucking rules. I love that movie. Yeah. So um, exciting. So that's going to be great. And that'll be the last show of uh, 2023. Aww. That's right. Very nice. Mm, what a year it was. What a year. That was the year that was. It was the year that was. All right. Well, we made it by uh, Emily's heart out too. So That's great, great, great yeah. job all around, everybody. Good, Good job, job everybody. people. Yeah. Uh, join our Patreon if you haven't. It's a, a screaming deal for lots of extra content. Um, also, Ke- Kevin's still episodes. over there. Our hundredth episode just came out. That's right. Oh yes. Yeah. So to celebrate this holiday season, uh, you or a friend should join our Patreon. Um, follow us on all the, the social media stuff. And uh, like and subscribe. Four stars only. Four send, stars send only. Us, send us little gifts. Five stars. Five, five stars, stars only, please. That's four right. stars. Don't do four only. stars. Don't do four only stars. four. We don't Sorry. want the full five. The we don't deserve amount of stars. It. Just give us the highest amount of stars. Uh, and until next time, the suspense is killing us. Bye. Don't let the animal look at you. So get the